Jam-packed to the rafters, let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being back with us here on monday april the 12th 2021 for episode 219 we're gonna romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael how did it 219 thank you very much quinn the tradition continues here yep, yeah. it's done it's done it's done for this episode now how, how you been like in the warmer weather michael finally spring seems to have taken hold here honestly i feel like it can't decide what it wants to be <laughs> yeah i know like, kind of like the weather at wrestlemania right <laughs> which was definitely uh the last two days and also how about vince intro right quinn uh yeah in the script Wait, what do you mean this sounds dubbed? And I'm definitely recording this right at the same time as the rest of the show. Sometimes I go outside at night and I'm like, why is it 30 out? What is this? What are you doing out there at night? And you go, go take the garbage out or uh, whatever. Yeah. You walk out there. You're like, why is it so cold? <laughs> random errands. Yeah, things random like things. I got to go to the convenience store or something. <laughs> well, folks, we hope this is a convenient listen for you here to start your Monday off right as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have a lot of great things in store for you here as we wind down the season. But before we get to any of that, why don't you wind up and go over to Twitter at OVP podcast. The reason you might want to do that is the retro wrestling clips, Quinn. The daily drama-free clips. Daily dozen. The daily no, dozen. No basically. dramas. No dramas. Daily no dramas. Just old wrestling clips, and people really like that. So you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk and converse with you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics, where may they do so? Over at Facebook.com slash garbage. Um, <laughs> it's a great site where you can take the garbage out. Now, Very apropos, actually, because yeah, yeah. we will take the garbage out of yeah, that group. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm talking about my garbage <laughs> stuff yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, over there at Facebook slash garbage, you can type in the search bar, our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflowey. And you hit the join button and you're in. That's it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that, that's really all there is. Oh, that's to pretty it. easy. You can, then you can type things. Now, from what I understand, Quinn, before you hit that join button, mm-hmm. you're agreeing to one rule. Right. And one rule only, which is what? Uh, don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all that means is don't be garbage, okay? Yeah, don't be garbage over at Facebook.garbage. <laughs> yeah, just be respectful of one another. You can disagree as much as you want about retro wrestling. That's kind of what we do. We agree. We have fun. We reminisce. We ask questions about things. Mm-hmm. You know, people get actual answers to things they didn't know. It's true. The it's one- very informative. It can be very informative. Just don't be the garbage people, as Santino Morelli used to say. <laughs> don't be the garbage people. Uh, just you have- are the garbage people. <laughs> just have a lot of fun, okay? And that is on Facebook. And also... Also, if you like pay-per-view reviews, if those sound appealing to you, I'm talking the old pay-per-view reviews. I'm not, not talking about these new ones. Yeah, not WrestleMania two-day fest. You know? every, every Now it's always, that's the new thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it wasn't long enough when it was eight hours. Let's make right. it fucking 20 hours on two days. <laughs> but if you want to listen to us talk about the WrestleManias and the Royal Rumbles and the SummerSlams when they were like three hours, we've reviewed every WWF pay-per-view starting with the first WrestleMania out right now, Survivor Series 92, and you can get all of those reviews on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about it later, but not a lot more. We don't no. really like go overboard, but if you want more content, you like our show, 
patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Michael. Yes. This is uh, the second to last segment. Oh, really? Yeah, this season, the opener we've got. And what we've been doing, folks, if you're just joining us for the first time, is we've been taking things that might not have the best reputation or that maybe were slighted in some way, shape, or form. And we've been defending those things. We've talked about Sid. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Mongo. Mm-hmm. We have talked about In Your House, It's Time. It's a great pay-per-view. It is. Uh, most recently last week, we talked about Mr. Fuji. Yes! This week, it is your final pick of the season. This Quinn. is it. This is my final pick. We'll get to it in one second. It is stretching out. <laughs> get that pick in. For OVPs in defense of... Mr. Quinn, what are we defending today? Well, I have it's it's really very simple. It's a little promotion called WCW. Okay. World Championship Wrestling. Now, it's Quinn a great, I, great promotion. Quinn and I have a gentleman's agreement here that yeah. I'm gonna let you just say what you want to say. I'm not gonna really challenge okay. you. I'm, I'm gonna be fair. But I mean, you're supposed to be defending also, right? I mean, that's how this works. I guess so, huh? All right. So first of all, just starting we all know what WCW is, I would think. Right. What are you defending it against? So, really what it is, is that I feel that when I look around on the internet, and it was especially during a certain time period, and I, I think it's always persisted afterwards, like right after the fall of WCW, All right. there was this consensus that WCW was never, ever good. Like, everyone's basically judging it off 1999, 2000, and a little bit of early 2001. You cannot deny that fucking WCW sucked. And I think what those years represent to people is a lot of uh, bad decisions right. that were made, uh, mm-hmm. attempts at recovery. Attempts at, like, they had fallen off the top and they were trying to, like, get back real quick. Yeah, and they had fallen off the top a lot earlier than that. Uh, the slow decline obviously started with Star Kid 97, but we won't right. talk about that today. Right. Uh, <laughs> hi, Chuck Mess. So what do you? what is it that you want to say positive about them? What do you like about what WCW? What I want to say positive is that WCW did bring us a lot of stuff that we, you know, we we sometimes we give credit for on this show. Sure. But I, I really think that that makes it an overall, like, it's the best of what it was. And what I mean by that is there has been no other alternative to the World Federation. Until since, AEW. Until, and, and that's not, I don't even think that even still yet has touched the quality of World Championship Wrestling, believe it or not. At their best? No. At, at their best, not at all. World Championship Wrestling was a well-funded organization <laughs> right. with actual but so is stars. AEW. Yeah, I'm saying stars that are like known throughout, you know, Hulk Hogan and yeah, shit. pop culture to an yeah, extent. Right? Yeah, Randy like, Savage. And yeah, Randy like Savage and like big people. WCW effectively accomplished what any WWE competition has tried to do. And they're the only ones to do it. And I think that they need to be defended for that because it's been like whitewashed even by WWE is that well, like they were, they were never good. They were always a joke and like at back backstage, they sucked and they just got lucky and yada, right. yada, yada. There was a lot of like building up from like when Turner bought it, they had garbage. You they, know, they, they did. No, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you here on a lot of these points. Uh, history is obviously for better or for worse written by the winners. That's right. I own WCW. Get the hell out of here. The WWF's Monday Night Wars series, which we watched every single episode of for fun. Yeah. I mean, that is the most masturbatory, yeah. holding your dick out, we won, and then playing the victim. And for the record, folks, you know I love the WWF. 
but I'm not stupid. Yeah. I know their hypocrisy. They acted like WCW cheated or something by like getting actual stars. Correct. And like, it's the same thing Vince McMahon did in the 80s. Right. The yeah. exact same thing. They just turned it around on them and they're the only ones to pull it off. Yeah. What WCW did is they overcame incompetency. <laughs> and then this right. is true. They really okay. did. Whether Ted Turner owned it or not, you still have to have people within to run the company of WCW. And they tried their Jim Herds. Yep. And he tried, he really pushed to make it a clone almost of the WWF's early 90s product. Introducing first from Web City, weighing 238 pounds, and, and that didn't work that well. Then they had Kip Fry, who tried to pick up the pieces of that. Yep. Then they brought in Bill Watts, who was a totally different mentality. It's like, let's make it the UWF, basically. C- correct. <laughs> they hit upon a man that actually somehow was able to balance whatever you think of him as a person, whatever your opinion is. He balanced the business end and the creative end in mm-hmm. a way where it was profitable. Forget the on-screen product. Forget the backstage drama. Right. You know, he made them money. He, he made it a successful company. And we're talking about Eric Bischoff, who's going in the Hall of Fame this year, I heard. And deservedly so. Yeah. Honestly. He's the only one to beat them at their own game. Yeah. Like, he, he's literally the only person, like, from a leadership perspective. And from a rating standpoint, which yeah. is where he beat them, right? And yeah. from an awareness standpoint. Yeah. And that's, forget what you think of what you prefer from day to day, week to week with Raw and Nitro and everything. Eric Bischoff was hugely instrumental in uh, bringing in Hulk Hogan. Right. Randy Savage. You, the list goes on and on. I mean, throughout the 90s. But those two names right there are huge. I think what Bischoff did more effective than anyone is he read the landscape of the business in general. And he understood it. Correct. From like an executive, like, this is where we're steering the ship. Maybe he didn't know all the, the granular details going on under him because WWE was a very, you know. Poorly run company. It was very corporate, meaning it there was, was all these little silos in like yeah. all this shit, right? Yeah. So Bischoff, but he was very good at steering it towards no we got to be innovative but we also have to know like what wrestling fans want yeah he did like studies and stuff about like what is the what is the thing that keeps a wrestling fan on watching is unpredictability i remember him saying that they did like a they did like a focus group like what is the number one thing that keeps the fans coming right and rightfully so nitro was a hot show for its first couple of years because of that and i i take nothing away from wcw for that because if you flip over to wwf Honestly, when you've got like Aldo Montoya, yep. and that's nothing against the man, when you've got Isaac Yankum, your personal dentist, Isaac Yankum. That's right, he's my hero. Listen, these are fine athletes, right. but there's nothing compelling on WWF for a good chunk of this. So it wasn't, you know, it, it's a combination of WCW doing the right thing at the right time with the right people. And WWF sucked an ass creatively. Yeah. For a period it, of time, it's not too. All, it's not all that, too. I think this segment's more about WCW it than is. it is what the WWF did. One piece of it is that they're the only successful competitor ever, right? So, it, which, it, again, is not, it needs to be defended because nowadays it's like, oh, they were run like shit and well, they sucked ass. And, like, and, always, and they were always bad and they just got lucky. There is some truth to the fact that they were run like shit and they were successful right. despite that. But clearly. I want to give them credit for doing things that not necessarily were like getting Hulk Hogan. Like, for example, you're wearing a shirt of Mongo. I absolutely am right, right now. now. This is true. Reggie White wants to come into the ring in the WCW with Mongo. It's things like this where they would just find people that I've never heard of in my life, like the cruiserweights, and like that was a big that was a big idea. They would interact with celebrities and see if they wanted to wrestle. 
like, that's one of the other they, things you too, know what yeah. i mean like they would reach out they seem to have some kind of connection via turner through media figures and stuff like a lot a lot of the celebrities they were bringing in were stuff wwf wouldn't even get close to yeah but to be fair to, uh, and again i'm i'm i am defending wcw yeah. but to be fair wwf brought in lawrence taylor Right. I'm just I'm just pointing out that like it felt like they were using almost their like TNT connections. I see a lot of MB, NBA people. That Rodman and Malone. Yeah, like NBA people with Jay Leno. Yeah, Jay Leno. <laughs> Leno's gonna make a cover. One, two, Uh, you know, say what you will about that. That, that made people watch. Was, uh, he's yeah. on friggin' late night every right, single exactly. night of the week. And be Rodman. like having like Johnny Carson wrestle in the 70s. I'm just saying, like, it's the same thing. I do not like Dick the Bruiser. Yeah. Yeah. That's the it, worst Carson ever, by the way. And that would have probably been the most, the biggest selling wrestling thing ever. Right, Johnny Carson, Johnny wrestled, Carson wrestled versus the, Dick the Bruiser. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. Book it. <laughs> but my point is, is that, like, I'm just defending WCW for trying different things. Like, like we said, you know, before just now, the cruiser weights. Like, Nobody was really doing that. And that's one of those things that has stood, I think, the test of time. It's been 25 years or so since they... No one's matched it. I agree. They had Rey Mysterio, one of the best wrestlers, probably pound for pound, in the world during that period of time. Nobody knew who the fuck he was before that. Outside of ECW. Eddie and Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was another big launching point. Dean Malenko, no one would know Dean Malenko. Yeah. Honestly. Ultimo was, Dragon. Ultimo Nobody Dragon. Nobody in America knew who that was. Juventud Guerrero yep. is another one. You yeah. Know? Uh, La Parca. Yeah, hypnosis or psychosis, yeah. right? All these guys, nobody knew who these fucking people were in America. No, I agree with you. And Bischoff, you know, and the WCW over there, they yep. took a chance on it and they won. Another thing I want to give them credit for is I thought that their television and U.S. title divisions were very stellar during their hot period. There was a period of time where they treated everything as if it was important. Maybe the announcers didn't all the time constantly talking about the NWO. Right. Another, another thing I want to say about them is that Unlike WWE, they acted like their minor shows mattered. Correct. That was absolutely. Th that's another aspect of WCW. That's a detail that they deserve to be credited for and defended for. And I, 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 I just, I just really think a lot of this stuff gets just shoved under the rug, and you know, Hogan Sting, and you know, all these flashpoints that are like, oh, they're so bad, they were never good. A lot of it is the WWE themselves. Mm -hmm. More than it's the fans, I think. I know that we have a lot of WCW fans listening right now. Right. And I would never fault someone for that. Now, I preferred WWF, okay? But I'll be honest with you. WCW had a, a period of time, and it's around 95, 96, 97, of ingenuity, of resourcefulness, and of yeah. creativeness that the WWF simply did not yeah. have at the time. And even in their later era, even the 99s and stuff when they were crappy, yep. you have to admit, they were the first promotion to go through the churn of the Attitude Era, meaning they hit the churn before. What I mean by that is that literally, like, they lost people and they kind of had to build up. They were starting to try to build up new stars. Right. Like Booker T, for example. Sure. And they just ran out of money, basically. You well, know, yeah, they, we you, know what happened. We know what but... happened. But, like, you could see that they had to do what WWE had to do in about 2003, 2004. Yep. Like, six years before. They did? Like, no. you know what I mean? Like, they were forced to. I agree with you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And and I want to give them a little credit, like Booker T, for example. That was a guy that I wouldn't have seen when he was a tag team partner, like that he would be, be this a big breakout star. Great, big breakout star. But they took a chance on they gave him a singles run. And he was like, great. I got to say, he was like what Bret Hart was in 1991, 1990, huh. you know, around that. Booker T, 
was that to me as a kid in the late 90s where it was like this guy this like plucky he like young and he, hungry young and, and, and you're like how does he get these wins and he's right. like beating guys that you didn't expect sure. and he's in these cool feuds with like fit finley and stuff like that yeah, absolutely and you're was. like this guy's so cool and yeah. like they really grabbed me like when he became the wcw champion i'm like yeah like booker t that was great that's awesome like booker yep. t should be the champion he's awesome i think they also did a good job with a couple of other organic stars like diamond dallas page right, was diamond another DDP. one dvp was another breakout that's that's another example he didn't kind of have the rise that booker t had he had that whole mid card run yeah but he was like the opposite because he was a heel as the mid card, greasy rod. heel, greasy heel, and he was so impressive in 1995 and 1996 when he was Absolutely. like, because you'd be like, he had this like crusty, greasy character, but it's like you'd watch him in the ring in these matches, and he just be good. Like, Why is he so good? He's like good wrestler, he's like man. better than most of the other wrestlers. Absolutely no, I mean WCW was in, instrumental in launching careers of guys, and really they did make some of their own stars. Yeah, no, um, really, they they really deserve a lot of credit for what they did what they brought to the business and i just it, like again i just it makes me so mad there was a period in the like early 2000 when they first closed yeah where like there was just all these books out and there was all like every, still all these books all out. these old wrestlers talking shit about how horrible they are like <laughs> wwe like having jericho on and being like they, they sucked ass and they never were good and they were clowns and blah 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 and like yeah. part of me was always kind of like you don't get to where you get to like where they were beating WWE for being clowns and losers and idiots. Like you don't stumble and bumble and just become the a force that helped revive wrestling in general. Oh, I mean, definitely WCW brought wrestling. It was short. It was a short period of time. Right. But they brought wrestling back to the mainstream to a degree before WWF did. Right. That is true. Undisputably yeah. true. I'm talking about 96, 97 uh, yeah. when they brought in the celebrities, 98. WWF obviously caught up, caught up quickly, and we know that. And it's, we're not here to really talk about WWF side of things, right? Right. And we're not really here to talk about what went wrong with WCW. That's a different segment we mm -hmm. did a few seasons ago, right? The what went wrong segment. Oh, but, but this is what they did. They did. They did know? a lot of things right, and they did a lot of things that were, I don't know if it's revolutionary, but maybe transformative right. for the business. They, do, they did stuff that still you know, lasts today. For example, how the show is programmed. Meaning by like go, going to commercial breaks and trying to keep the audience compelled. Like they, you still see the stuff that WCW innovated with, you know, trying to make something really, really compelling going to break or like timing things and, and being on at certain times. Like that stuff still persists. Sure. And that's just, you know, that's a TV programming mentality right. that they carried over into wrestling. Right. Exactly. Which I mean, WWF was good at in their early days yeah. too, when they were on cable and things like that. No, I agree with you, Quinn. I know there's a lot of things we could say about WCW. I'll just tell you a few things that I really like, and then I'll give you the last word here. Some of the things I really like, and you never hear me say this, so if you're interested in what I really think about WCW, I thought it was a great alternative to the WWF for many years that I, I watched do. wrestling. Yeah, I agree. And I was one of those channel flippers. Mm -hmm. And there's a period of time where I can honestly tell you, and, and it's probably around 96, 97, where I watched Nitro maybe... 60 40 more than raw that was me too there was you know? a, there was a there was uh, at least a year or two period yeah where it was just it was just better it just was better it was yeah. more compelling raw was taped raw fell flat raw yeah. felt stale raw felt like i go to watch the aldo montoya matches during the commercial break on wcw correct right yeah there wasn't much compelling on wwf but over on nitro at the time like quinn said you had interesting characters with the cruiserweights you had familiar faces such as let's say 
Mang and the Barbarian or the Nasty Boys, people you knew from WWF. Mm-hmm. I was least interested in the NWO. Yeah. And I really do mean that in 97, 96, I was. To be fair, yeah, I was just going to say, and we didn't, we barely even, we didn't, didn't even mention the That's NWO. That's the obvious. Right, because That's the, the NWO is linked to good and bad. Correct. And I, I do want to say, though, that shit blew the fuck up. It's not just getting Hogan in 94. No. It's turning him heel and doing the NWO. Yeah, and getting Hall and Nash and what they did with and them. That, that's something that, to this day, I pine for something that could fill that void. They've never really scratched oh, it. No. But like, where it's like, this is so interesting. It was. It was like all these guys that are big stars and they're all combined in this one thing and they're big assholes and they're like, we're better than everyone. No, I mean, it was don't very... Don't fuck with us. It, like, it, it was huge. Yeah. Man. It was huge. And I don't know that we'll ever see something like that again. That isn't the only thing I liked about WCW. Yeah. I like the alternative it provided. I like the excitement that you felt when you turned on Nitro. Yeah, Hell, I used to watch Thunder when it started. I watched Thunder for about a year. Yeah, and that you that's, that's one of you. You just said the excitement you felt. The that's excitement. like one of the programming aspects I liked about WCW that did carry over to WWF. WWF in the '90s specifically, the crowd didn't feel. It just felt like something in a dark in the background. Oh God, yeah, and, and like. WCW had this, I don't know how they achieved it because I, I still watch those Nitros to this day and I feel like I'm watching a live basketball game or something. Like when I watch an old Nitro from like their glory period. It's, like 96, 97. It feels like everyone is having fun. The crowd is electric. They're paying attention to the wrestling, but there's also, there's there's just this like... Just a buzz. There's a buzz in the yeah. crowd. Like maybe when there's an undercard match that they're not interested in, they're still humming and buzzing sure. and Almost you can tell they're thinking, oh, when's the NWO going to come out? Or like, when's somebody going to jump off some shit or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? It definitely felt fresh. And I would say, here's my last word on it. Yeah. You know, the the vibe and the feel that that WWF was going for with the early Raws in Manhattan Center, Mm. right? I think Nitro, for a period of time, did that, but did it better. I agree with you. You know what I mean? I absolutely agree and with you. I, yeah. WCW had a few really good years. Mm-hmm. That's what we're kind of here to talk about, what they meant to the business. I think uh, they're sorely missed. I think WWF's creative went yeah. in the shitter after WCW I, was I, bought. Yeah, I want to close this segment out with, with just saying, like, they are the biggest missing factor, and their being missing is the driver as to why wrestling's been on a slow decline since not 2001. Yeah, especially like, why WWE has kind of rested on its laurels for 20 right. years. And the problem has always been is that everyone has always tried. And, and, and I want to I put this out there. If there's any wrestling companies listening or anything like that. Yeah, wrestling you know, companies. You know why you're not able to compete with WWF? <laughs> Quinn will tell you why. Because WCW was doing different shit that was like actually compelling. They hit on something that they said, what is the WWF not giving us? And that was their strategy. That's a and good point. Nobody's tried. Everyone's tried to be WWF Junior since then. Good point. No, I mean they don't try to do what Eric Bischoff did. You're Eric absolutely. Bischoff said, "Oh, they're doing this. Okay, they're not doing that. We're going to do what they're not doing." Yeah. That, and that that was what they did. I can't argue that at all. Everyone tries to be WWF Junior. Do what they're not doing. Don't do what they're doing and say you're doing it better. I think you couldn't have said it better, Quinn. And and WCW had a good period of time. Where they did that, then they tried to do what WWF was doing. Yes, then they tried doing. to be WWF Junior when they were on the decline, like and, it failed, and it collapsed the company. The hardcore division is always our funny yeah. like, emblem of that. Every you know time what I mean? you try to ape what they're doing, it doesn't work. WWF at that time did the WWF better than anyone could. 
but WCW did certain things in the mid nineties and into the late nineties that were way ahead of what WWF was doing. Right. And I think that's a great way to, to close that out. Just, is that- just if, if you want to start a wrestling company tomorrow, just watch WWF, take notes, and sit, write everything they did and do the opposite. Yeah, I mean... They, <laughs> you know what I mean? They forced WWF's hand. They forced them to play catch-up. They forced them to change. And that's the thing. If we need a company that forces WWF to change, it's usually going to be for the best for everybody. Right. And that's what is missing that's right now. That's what WWF did. Or WCW did. I'm sorry. You know what, Quinn? Great pick to uh, close out this uh, segment here. Obviously, we'll have another one next episode. But you know what we also have kind of coming up, Quinn? What? The Royal Rankings, the final rankings of the season. Yes. That is coming up. Oh, so big folks, time. Let us know, first of all, what you think about WCW. Let us know your your memories, what you think they did for the business, what they did right. You can let us know that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But when, like I said, when we come back, the final two come out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Rankings of WrestleMania Main Events is coming up right after this. I like country music. I love country girls. I like Willie Nelson, and don't forget about Merle. There's only one thing that I hate. Are you ready to fight? Then step into the ring and take on Sting. There's me and my rival, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And there's a total package, Lex Luger, plus more WCW wrestlers with their own ring and cage. The only place for the ultimate grudge match. Sting, flying in the ring. Watch the bounce off the roof. Oh, no. Rick climbs the pole. Sting comes back with the body slam. The WCW wrestlers ring and cage. You put it together. Figure so separately from Galoo. I dare anybody to take us on. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's Monday, April the 12th, 2021, and this is episode 219. 219! Thank you, Quinn. Quinn, we are going to very briefly, very tersely talk about our Patreon, okay? Yeah, Patreon. Patreon. Now, we don't want to overwhelm you with plugs for this, okay? We don't do this to get rich. We don't do this to make a ton of money. We do it. Why? Uh, because we like to make extra content. We like to make extra content. And there are people, for whatever reason, that like to support us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a give and take. You uh, support us. We're going to give you a ton of stuff. And it's really affordable. And there's only two tiers, Quinn. Let's talk about what they are. There's a $2 tier. Right, two. The, the 1983 Canon. It's a great canon. And now it's weekly. Yeah, weekly. It's weekly now. Yeah, that's, okay? a, that's a new reason to sign up, right? Yep. They're weekly and, 1983 canon. And it's just two bucks a month, okay? And this is us going through every single episode of WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 82. It's wonderful. It sounds uh, like why when I watch that. Yeah. Try it for free because on YouTube, you get the free ones. And guess what? Right behind this episode on our podcast feed, there's the free ones also. It's true. Try it if you're not sure yet. And if you are sure, you can get it on the $2 tier. We're going through every episode of Championship Every week now. We're going to be in 1984 in like a minute yeah. at this point. Like it's, <laughs> Honestly, like it's really like a month and a half or yeah. something, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, pretty much. It's, yeah. it's quick. It's going to be really quick now, folks. And just to clarify what this is, it's a live watch along, but it's not, you know, we never call it a live watch along. It's a live review because we're literally, you hear it or see it along with us. Also, you get to hear all the ancillary yeah. um, stuff. It's a fun time. Like the Carvel lady yeah. and things. It's like an hour. It's yeah. not even that long. You'll have fun doing it. And then the highest tier we do, five. That's all. Just five, five bucks a yeah. month, an entire month. And what you get for that is the 83 Canon. But we also give you the pay-per-view reviews that we already mentioned. You know, that's where we're doing every single one mm-hmm. in order. 
Yeah. Uh, they're usually like three-hour shows, sometimes longer, and we go through every detail of the pay-per-views. It's a really fun time. Those come out once a month. Right now is Survivor Series 92 for next month for May. The biggie for me. Oh, a sentimental favorite, Royal Rumble 93. So <laughs> I, I want to comment on that that sentence. But we haven't but, watched uh, it yet. So. We haven't watched it. Yeah. So basically, if you want to get caught up and see what we think of all these pay-per-views, you'll be right there ready in May for the Royal Rumble 93. And then the next month, WrestleMania 9. Oh, boy. Can't wait for that one, too. Um, again, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to donate, maybe try it out for a month. Just see what you think. You can sign up right now. Check it out. Get the extra stuff. If you don't like it, you just cancel it. It's fine. And if you don't even want to sign up, guess what? That's okay, too. We're yeah. not mad. We're not offended. We're not begging. We won't knock on your door <laughs> yeah. or anything. No, no, no. And also, try C. Howard Violets. Excellent. They're very good. So with that said, Quinn, it is actually the final Royal Rankings of oh, the yeah. season. This. This is a big one now. This is, this is going to establish for all times the greatest WrestleMania match ever. Right main here. Main events. Yeah, main event. Match. Yes. Match. So, what is the Royal Rankings Royal Flush? Well, if you're new to the show, each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And by the way... Go over to our Facebook group and vote for next season. Vote. Okay? Put your ballot through. It's still ongoing right now. You can still vote right now. But anyway, once the voting is complete, our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, takes all of your votes. He compiles them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And each week, we pull out two at a time, and we rank them. The best is the rankings. The worst is the flush. This is a rankings week, okay? And at the end of the season, what we have is the definitive certified organic baptized non-GMO USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst WrestleMania main events of all time. There's eight on the board right now, Quinn. Mm -hmm. The final two are coming out. Let's run them down. Let's run it. Number one, Hogan Andre WrestleMania three. Of course. Number two, Rock Austin WrestleMania X seven. X seven. X seven. Number three, Savage Hogan WrestleMania five. It's yeah. a biggie. That, that is a big game. It is. Mega Powers explode. Mega Powers did explode. Uh, number four, Rock Hogan from 18. Number five, Undertaker Sean from Wrestle 25. Still pretty low ranked, huh? Right in the middle. That's pretty good. No, it's good. It's just, it's surprising. You want to put it, you can put it over Savage Hogan. Uh, number six, Batista, mm -hmm. Orton, and Daniel Bryan from Wrestle 30. Savage Flair is number seven at WrestleMania 8. And on the <laughs> list at number eight is um, Brett versus Sean from 12. We always laugh about it because, eh. I guess it's just not our favorite. It's really not. Event. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Which is so funny. Like, and, you know, if you think about it, it's I know. Like, should be the dream match, but it's really not. Yeah. Uh, now, before we go down to uh, Howard Finkel, just to clarify here, maybe again, this is your first time. This is not just what turned out to be the best wrestling match within the ropes. That's not my. It's not what you might give the highest star rating to. The physical match itself plays a factor in our rankings, but it's also maybe the importance of it, the build to it what it represented, the overall feel of it. There's a lot of different factors. That's why Hogan Andre is number one right now. Right. Certainly right. isn't the best in the ropes. We it's know also that. the lack of stinkage factor. Right. That's another good point, Quinn. The lack of stinkage. The lack of stinkage. Uh, so with that said, why don't we go down, Quinn, to Howard Finkel for the final Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Force 
wants it back. Michael's coming in there. Touchdown. This is what we've all been waiting for. The Mega Powers will explode. It is the Royal Rankings, the final Royal Rankings of WrestleMania main events. Quinn, we have run them all down. We've run them. We've run through all of them. Now, there's probably one that people, most people are expecting to come out of the tank. Mm-hmm. But there's, other than that, it might be anyone's ball game at this point, honestly. Honestly, if I was a listener yep. and I didn't know things, yep. I would be very curious. I wouldn't even know. Personally, honestly. I'd be like, who's even what? Okay. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of big heavy hitters already. There are heavy hitters here, and it's very serious and very important, mm-hmm. these rankings. And we've established our criteria. We have run down the eight names on the board. And in just a few short moments, folks, the final two will be coming down. Quinn, are you ready to do this? This is serious. Let's, let's do it. Let, right. Let's hit the button. Punch the button, Greg. Let's all find out who drew number nine. Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Upon the examination of the galaxies, Quinn. Wow. This one, this is a big one. This is a huge one. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan. Champion versus champion. Title for title. It's WrestleMania. It's the ultimate challenge. That's right. Now, I want to say one thing right off the bat here. Go ahead. To me, something like this should like always be the main event of WrestleMania. Like, the champion versus champion match. Like, I don't know. To me, that should be what WrestleMania should always culminate to. Is, is, is the, whoever the one champion is versus the other champion. I, like, they have two world titles now. I've said this to you for years. Every year it should be like the Super Bowl and like the best, the two best champions fight each other. They'll never do that, but I understand yeah. your point. You know what I mean? Like I it do. just seems like they call WrestleMania the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is the battle of the champions every True. year Good in point. real in real life. Good point. All right, so Hogan Warrior doesn't actually need a lot of background, which is why I like it so much. Right. Because there's no real major angle here. They just used the existence of each. Yeah. That was enough. Well, that's why it's good. The two strongest forces in the universe. That's that's what I'm saying. But the quick background, Hogan had been Hogan, you know, in the WWF since January 23rd, 84. Obviously, Hulkamania is born. It was a big moment in all of things. Champion for four years, uh, then had the big arc with Randy Savage, won Mm -hmm. the title back. We all know that, right? And by the time we hit early 1990, he's on that run where he'd won the title back from Savage. He's only a two-time champion by this point. He'd been hanging and banging with Bruce Beefcake. He'd been hanging and banging throughout 89. Unfortunately. Got rid of Zeus recently, right? And Hogan was still very much Hogan in early 90. I don't think we can disagree. Even when we did our pay-per-view reviews. He's fine up to He's good. Well, you know. He's a little handy. It's starting. Let's put it that way. But he's still very much Hogan. Yeah. Very over. Mm -hmm. Very much still the major draw of the company. No disputing that. That's true. He absolutely is. However, since late 87... A guy by the name of the Ultimate Warrior had come in from Parts Unknown, yeah, which I think is near Arizona. Or space. Maybe. He took a spaceship in. Yeah, He, he uh, talks about spaceships sometimes. He does sometimes. He kind of started a little bit under the radar, but by mid-88, he was picking up some steam, mm-hmm. right? And then he was the guy, the mystery opponent for Honky Tonk Man at SummerSlam 88. Right. Charged out into MSG, beat the shit out of Honky, 30 seconds, ended that reign of terror, new Intercontinental Champion. Holy shit. And I want to say, from that point forward, that guy was like Mr. Pay-Per-View, and we we covered all of it. Like, every time he's on Pay-Per-View, it's awesome. Yeah, this is true. It's it's so good. Especially Wrestle 5 and uh, SummerSlam 89. SummerSlam 89. both of those. It's... This is the crazy part. If you go back to our pay-per-view reviews, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but... Or plug anything. I know you're not. 
that's like one of the only five star matches we have in the early pay per views. Is- five stars. I thought we did. I didn't. I thought both of us did. The, well, I didn't the give Ru- it five well, stars. It's one of the only ones I did. It's not a five-star match to me. The, the Rude versus Warrior is like, it's unbelievably good. It's really good. No, yeah. SummerSlam 89 match is really you good. You at least were above four stars. It's like one of the highest ranked matches. Yes, so. it's very high. Yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. And Tony Schiavone's excellent. Tony Schiavone's great at that <laughs> He one. really is. Yeah. Drops it down! The Warrior! So the warrior is, and this is, I'm spitballing this here. I don't have figures in front of me and all this stuff, but I would imagine that warrior is probably the number two star in the company. I, I don't see Definitely how he could Definitely very be. popular with the children. Um, I would say probably on the schoolyards around the nation, it was, are you a Hulk fan or yeah. are you an ultimate warrior fan, right? A, a young Tony, the body Kirkett, you know, yeah. was very uh, impressed with the ultimate warrior. Yeah, there. but then a young Josh Kuhn will say, no, it's Hulk Hogan, and, brother. And, and that's the best part too. Right, yeah. They're both mega faces, right? Yep. They're friendly with each other. They don't have that much to do with each other. So we hit the Royal Rumble January 90. And in this Rumble, we get to the point where it's down to just Hogan and Warrior. Not as the final two, but there's a point where no one else is in the ring except the two of them. And once again, Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse Ventura are tremendous during this. Remember, Tony's like, oh my God. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's really good. Hold on to your seats. This place is going to explode. And they have their double crisscross and no real advantage here. And but I mean, I think just the fact that they were interacting in any way where they're not teaming, they're yeah. like actually fighting each other was Huge. like, this is insane, right? Yeah. You know, that like usually faces don't even fight each other. No. It's always like a lame tag team. It's like, we're trying to be mega powers or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right, like, and it's right. like, no. <laughs> so they square up just a tiny bit. But then the next Saturday night's main event, they have a tag match against a perfect and the genius, <laughs> and, uh, which is just a funny tag team. They're, they're great. And Hogan and Warrior get into a slight tizzy. Right. And they get in a couple of more like weird confrontations as the weeks goes on where like Hogan would save Warrior, but Warrior would get upset. They don't trust each other is the bottom line. They're like, what is your ulterior motive here? Right. They, they think you're saving me, but that's because you're a face. So, yeah. But I don't think you really you like, like me. me. Yeah. And Earthquake had the brown, which really made things worse. It was very upsetting. <laughs> this is before Earthquake was very smiley. Right. He was very brown. Yeah. So finally, Jack Tunney announces that at WrestleMania fucking six. Champion versus fucking champion. Title versus fucking title. All right. That, that's real. He said all of that. Yeah, no, he said the curse words. Yeah. On April 1st in Toronto, Canada at Sky Dome, the World Wrestling Federation will present WrestleMania. At this time, I am happy to announce the main event in which World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan will meet the Intercontinental champion, the Ultimate Warrior. And that's really all you needed. You didn't right. need some long, elaborate thing because there's two factors here, Quinn, and you touched upon it. Both guys have major fan bases. Yep. Face versus face is something that WWF barely did, let alone in the main event of a WrestleMania. Right. This, right? Was, not, this was not doable. <laughs> no. But you also have another factor. Hulk Hogan never loses. Uh-huh. When he does, it's chicanery. Yep. Ultimate Warrior never loses. The one time he did, chicanery. Right. So both of them just never, ever lose. And then I want to say really visually the most important factor to me is the belts. The oh, fact God. that they both have belts. I don't know what it is about this. I just see the poster. I see them both wearing fucking title belts. I'm like, <laughs> well, this must be important. Like, you don't even have to know about wrestling, right? Like, right. You could be like 
Because in boxing, that's always a thing too. It's like sure. when two champions are sure. fighting each other. It's like, well, these guys gotta be fucking good, right? right. They got belts, like Tyson versus uh, Spinks from '88. Yeah. There, yeah. that was like a big one. And you got all the like in boxing. I love. I know this is really stupid in boxing. I love when they come out with the managers and both guys have 73 belts and like, like, <laughs> people are like dancing around them with like title belts. Like Cornette did with Severin. <laughs> yeah, but in boxing, it's way better because yeah. there's like hype men and there's like six of them because usually you have like 25 belts because there's 700 <laughs> boxing associations. So it's like, it always looks very impressive to me when like a guy standing there, he's not even wearing the belts, but all his like hype men are like holding them up and he's like, yeah, look at this. This guy beat everyone. And they're like, this guy beat everyone too. So fuck you, you know? And that's basically what we have here. Yeah. Only one belt for each guy, but, right. and then yeah, visually looking at it, they look like they're straight out of a comic book or something. Mm-hmm. These two. I mean, whatever they were putting in their bodies to look this way. I don't really care. They're taller than mountains. They're on very the cover t- of the <laughs> tape. They're both bizarre people. Yep. Like their promos and stuff. Like Hogan's out there. Warrior. We know where he's out, but I mean, holy shit. And the but- promo buildups were just, crazy insanity yeah they're like they're just it's it's both of them in overdrive with their like metaphoric promos yeah. like not like it hogan like steps away from his usual um like you know dudes i was on the beach and all this <laughs> yeah. shit right and he starts stepping up the more like wrestlemania 4 style shit and oh, then God, warriors yeah. like countering with his <laughs> usual nonsense you know the whole plane yeah there's thing. planes and spaceships and yeah things. it's like step into the cockpit Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you know that shit kick Controls of the yoke, Hulk. Okay, yeah, that, <laughs> Stuff it, like it's that. all that. Has you realize all that is left is total self destruction? Do you, Hulk Hogan, show self pity? It's great. It's different. It's, yeah, it, it is different because normally Hogan's fighting either a big fat guy right or somebody that turned on him yeah savage like right. somebody or, his or, or size or yeah. somebody like that or yeah. an annoying people like uh dibiase or piper mm-hmm. but he's never fighting someone that's not a big fat guy that might have a chance of beating him right like this guy the warrior conceivably the ultimate warrior could beat hulk hogan it's not like out of the realm of possibility however i want to say this i think even a lot of warrior fans were um surprised at the outcome of this match Maybe at the end of the day. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a lot of Hulk Hogan fans were too. Now, we don't need to go into huge detail on WrestleMania 6. We've talked about it a lot on this show. The whole show's great. We love WrestleMania yeah. 6, despite match and all that. It's one of the most so fun, fun. It's so fun. Charming. Yep. The end of an era in a lot of ways. The last Gorilla Jesse pay per view. Mm-hmm. They're also hysterical at this one. It's amazing. The hot dogs and the yep. mustard on yep. the Everything, right? The undercard is impressive. It's all fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we finally get to the ultimate challenge. Girl and Jesse are tremendous during this match, by the way, because Jesse is neutral. Right. Like they both he, go into like serious mode, too. They're they like, do. no, this matters because somebody's going to walk out double champion. Correct. And Warrior makes his famed entrance. And then Hogan makes his. Earl Hebner does a great job, too, as a referee. We know the match. It was allegedly, and I believe it, rehearsed by the two of them. It should be. And it should be. That yeah. doesn't mean it. they still have to go out there and do it, right? Hey, I'm a big supporter of rehearsed matches based off the performance I saw of Randy Savage yeah. versus Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, it's not like against the rules to rehearse. No. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, <laughs> if you're doing like one of those kind of shows, like I'm talking big arena, WrestleMania, yeah. you should rehearse it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't that. be surprised if that's still going on to this day. Right. Like I bet you oh, all the God, matches coming up, now. coming up at the next WrestleMania are like, they're in the PC. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, what are, what are the spots we're going to do all this shit? Right. Yeah, but now they tell you when to blink. I know, but like I that. mean, like, honestly, 
I don't think that should steer you away from doing that anymore. I, I just mean to say is that it's you shouldn't do it for Raw, but you should do it for <laughs> fucking like WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yes, please. Like, yeah, I have no problem with how rehearsed this was. I don't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, they still went out there and executed it. Right. And as much as people hate the Ultimate Warrior, I see him and I see all the bad things. Trust me. Right. But I also see when he's in big matches and he does deliver. And again, you have a Hulk Hogan with him who's not known for being like a technically savvy wrestler, but that's only one aspect. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's a ring general. Hulk Hogan's done this for years at this point. Yep. He's a professional. And he went out there and he delivered too with the Warrior. But you know what I think that the Warrior brought out in Hulk Hogan, weirdly, is that the Warrior was on this we reviewed all that he was on this like weird hot streak where like all his matches seemed so good and important and stuff. Yes. Because and of he, Rick Rude's the feud with Rude. Yeah. And I just feel like he brought that importance out of Hulk Hogan in a weird way. Cause Hulk Hogan was so used to, I don't know, big boot, like drop, you're dead, you lose. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm the best I mean, brother. Fuck you. He even did that to Randy Savage and that was a tremendous angle, yeah. but it still ended in the still typical ended in Hogan the t- fashion. Yeah. The warrior brought out this like, questionable like who's gonna win thing and like yep. this this just this it was totally different because it was just how the warrior was at this point in time he wasn't brought down yet like honestly up to wrestlemania 7 the warrior was one of the most compelling people in the wwf i agree with you you know what i mean I like he really you. was he, he was and people can hate him and, and and i don't love him and honestly yeah and putting hulk hogan with him was actually i, I think people think it the other way around but I think Hulk Hogan, in a weird way, the Warrior injected some freshness into like the Hogan style of matchup. In a way, it did, and well, it definitely added a different layer of intrigue than you would normally yeah. have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Much like Hogan Andre, much like Hogan Savage. When you look at this on paper, or when you look at the actual poster, yeah, this is the definition of a WrestleMania main oh, event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's no. one of the things. This is the first close. This is the closest they had to like an Andre Hogan since Andre Hogan. Absolutely. Like, I say what you will about the Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan. It's very good. It's very good, but I don't know. This just had, like, a bigger feel to it. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it had no angle, really, but it didn't need one, and I think that's a point in favor this time. I think because the Savage thing, you kind of knew Savage was going to lose. Yeah, I know. But with the Warrior thing, on the other hand, it's more like an Andre situation where it's like, well, the Hulkster, I don't know if he can beat the Ultimate Warrior. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I know he could be Randy Savage because he beat him a hundred times right. in MSG and shit. Right. But yeah, no, that's great. You know what point. I mean? And that's one of the intrigue. You know, one of the things is the intrigue. Not knowing who's going to win, wanting to see who's going to win, anticipating the match. And they delivered in the ring, too. It's a good match. It's not amazing, but it's good. It's a good main yeah, event. Yeah, it's a good hybrid of both styles, I feel like. Yeah, there's some power. There's some thought out spots. It's just a really good thing. Uh, it's the definition of a main event. It'll be really cool to see where it ranks. Yes. But. It's now time for the final entry, and this is the one where I really feel like, okay, we've got Hogan Warrior on here right, now. Right. What the hell could be the last I don't even one? Know. I don't even know. Let's, well, let's hit it. Let's hit it, fans. Let's find out who drew number 10. Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, WrestleMania 14, Quinn. What are you thinking? A historical match, in, it, my, in my opinion. More historical. It's very important in terms of a 
kind of the passing of the torch, was it? Was it a the, torch? No, it was. It was a torch. The, it was definitely the torch at this point because Sean was carrying the legacy of the Bret Hart era, the the new generation, essentially, right? Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yes, like, you know what I mean. Yes. He was that last hurdle because Bret was gone. So now all that was all that was really left was Sean holding that like mantle of like the best guy in from about ninety three to to ninety seven. Okay. You know I'll what I mean? Like that, that Sean, Sean was like that guy because Brett was missing. And Steve Austin, it's hard to believe that they didn't hot shot the title to him. And I'm real glad that they never did because this was Steve Austin's first time winning the world title. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy that they had the patience to hold out that long. Especially when they were under fire from WCW. Right. Like, like seven. You would think like, okay, we got to get it over right. to Steve Austin. Right. But no, they, they took their time. They took their time. I mean, if you think about it, Austin's big coming out party as a face was one year, one year before At this. WrestleMania 13. Yeah. yeah. And they, they were able to just really keep him on a steady build. He won the intercontinental. They oddly actually had a more macho man style where like macho man really showed his, his stuff at three. And then the, they waited yeah. a whole year to give him the title at four. Or right? it was like a Brett, Sean, you know, intercontinental build like they did, yeah. you know, prior yeah. to winning the world titles. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know the setting here is WrestleMania 14, which in a lot of people's minds is a, one of the better WrestleManias, maybe not because every match is great, uh, but because of what it meant. It was really the attitude era beginning. It, yeah. Even though you, you, that has a very fluid definition, right? Some know, people, but- some people say King of the Ring 96. Some people say Bret Hart's tirade. What I think of this show as, it's not, like you said, it, you know, people have all these loose definitions, yeah. but here's the thing. is This is when it was like the WWF themselves telling you this is the Attitude Era. Correct. Right? Like, it was like the official start. Like, maybe it started in fans' eyes at certain other periods. Yeah, retroactively, was, you trace it back. Right, but this is when the company was saying, no, everything is changing to this here. This is the moment. Like, and it actually did. It did, yeah. Some people might say for the worse, I don't, there's good and bad because of that. Yeah. Um, but it is the end of Shawn Michaels as an active wrestler for over four years. Which is kind of sad. It is, no, it is, and I think it was saved his life. Yeah, no, <laughs> also, it, did. it did. You know, so it, it made him a better person and, in general. He and, needed it as a person. And you know what? Truthfully, Quinn, it probably made the WWF better off for yeah, those few years. It would have been. Here's the thing that I I always wonder, just on an aside. Yeah. Say if Sean stayed, he wasn't hurt or whatever. Yeah, I actually think his political clout would have diminished with Austin around. I don't. I really do because I don't think he would have the same pull anymore. I think he would have had the pull. I, I really I do. Think Austin would. I don't More know. Than him. Austin was very similar to Shawn Michaels, and people usually give Austin the pass, but they were both paranoid and concerned about their career. I mean, Austin was too. Yeah. So it's interesting. It might have been horrible for business, though. You know what I mean? These two guys jockeying for position. No, it might have been for, bad. For a year. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. But anyway, back to what we have here. But see, it's not just, there's a lot of factors here, and I actually really appreciate that this made the voting. Yeah. It's never been one of my favorite things, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be fair to it, right? Mm-hmm. Both guys were injured. Now, Austin had a different, he had a lingering, you know, obviously we know what happened at SummerSlam 97. Neck. Yeah. Austin ha- shouldn't have even come back when he did in December or November, actually. He shouldn't have been back that soon, but he, he did He it. knew he was needed. He, well, and he needed, he wanted, he, he wanted to He wanted to be. Correct. That was, I mean, he wasn't going to derail his dream. Correct. Of being the number one guy in a professional wrestling company. Correct. And he was a young man. Let's yeah. not forget here. 
Steve Otis and Shawn Michaels, but maybe eight months apart in age, seven months apart. Yeah, people, I think the impression is Shawn's older because he's been around longer. Yeah, or Austin's something. a little older. Yeah. It's the funny thing. And they're both only 33 yeah. going into this. Like they're in 30, the prime of their life. Yeah, 32, but they're injured. 33, yeah. So Austin was, had to significantly alter his wrestling style mm-hmm. to more of a brawly, big Hogan style almost. Like brawly, but. By Hogan, I mean broad. What's interesting here is Sean is recently injured. January. And he has to adapt his style, but it's like the first time and it's the last time because he, because you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he can't stick around. And that's the thing. People give Shawn Michaels a lot of shit uh, for his behavior in the late 90s. And I agree with it. He did go out there. Whether the story of The Undertaker having to make him go out there is true or not, I don't care. He went out there. He did it. He had not wrestled since Royal Rumble. Because he couldn't. Yeah. And he still showed up every week on Raw or most weeks. And he hyped the matchup. He did what he had to do. You barely noticed he was injured. Right. You know, I didn't didn't, notice he didn't wrestle. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. There was something where like JR was talking about her hair. You know, her guts and her hair. Might be the last time. You know, whatever. When he says that shit, you're like, I didn't even believe him. Like, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, why is Shawn Michaels leaving? You silly JR. Yeah. But in the midst of all of this, the WWF taking cues from WCW, you know, nice callback, mm-hmm. brought in someone from the mainstream, right? a controversial figure at the time because of the bite fight in uh, June of 97. Not to mention all his other crap. <laughs> all his other controversies, yeah. yeah. We're talking about Iron Mike Tyson, right? The, right. the most dangerous man in the thing or whatever right, it's the, called. <laughs> the greatest boxers of his day. Yeah, it really was. That yeah. period of time, he was hot, man. And uh, Mike Tyson's in, and at first, it's he's in a confrontation with Austin, and Vince is like, you ruined it! Right, yeah. and that was hot. That was but amazing. Then, but then he gets into a tizzy with Sean and Triple H, who's really horning at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he fucking <laughs> like he just seems so ab- above his pay grade at this point. He's Triple like H. one of those guys that you see historical pictures. The, that there's like a guy that's in the background. And like, you're like, how the fuck did he get here? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Almost like, or like one of those movies where they jokingly put a, a person like, like, I don't know, like the fucking Kennedy assassination or something. Right. Like he's like in the corner. Yeah. You know? It's like Joe Garagiola watching the presidential returns with Gerald Ford. Yeah. No yeah. one got that reference, but look it up. I'm beginning to worry about you. Ugh, he's just always involved. Right. And like, in, like. Nobody wants him there. <laughs> like, you know, like we would have been fine without him too. He doesn't need to be part of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but regardless of what you think of Triple H, Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson famously almost get into a confrontation. Right. And Shawn pulls off Tyson's shirt and under it, the DX shirt. Wait a minute. Aha. Uh-huh. And I love it because Tyson can't even do the fucking crotch chop correctly. It's funny. <laughs> like all like sloppy. And Mike Tyson's in fucking DX. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, uh, the the background behind this always made me laugh too because the the funny part about Mike Tyson not doing the crotch chop, right? <laughs> it's like he can't figure out how to do it. Why it's funnier to me is because people have always said in real life he was like actually a WWF fan. So he looks from like... The, from the 70s even, yeah. He, and even back then, he still was a fan and like watched and shit. Yeah. The funniest part to me is like when he's doing it, 
he looks like a kid that watches yep. WWF a lot like and that he's like, I got to be in it or yep. whatever. And he's like doing it all like way too much and stuff. He's like, yeah, I'm in DX. Like, <laughs> I, from what I understand too, I think that's true. Yeah, I think he, was, I've been, he loved doing this. No, it, this was like a dream come true <laughs> yeah. for Mike Tyson. Yeah. He was a WWF fan. Yeah, it was, it was so it's it's cute in a yeah, way, right? Yeah. It really was. But anyway, we finally get there and there's huge media attention here because Vince tried what he had done at WrestleMania 11, except this time people cared more. Right. And it was a better thing. <laughs> you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? So it's reminiscent of WrestleMania 11 in the amount of attention, except now the WWF's got a good product to support this attention. Yeah. Instead of trotting out Kama yeah. and people like that. Like, if Mongo. You're like, if you're like, well, Mongo's fine. But I know, like, but I'm saying he's there. If you're like a mainstream person watching WrestleMania 11 because of LT and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? You it know was, what I'm saying? That show was so bad. <laughs> right. I, I feel bad for people order, who ordered just for LT. Because you got to see like the Blue Brothers and all this crap. I'm like, what am I watching was, here? Yeah, King Kong Bundy. Yeah, like this bunch of goofs on Bam Bam's side. <laughs> like a bunch of clowns. But WrestleMania 14, it, it's silly, but it's much more compelling. It much looks more edgy and shit yeah. too. It was. It, it was. You get to see a dumpster match. Right. You get to see a fucking tag match. Kane versus Undertaker just looks yeah. cool. The battle royal thing. The battle royal. Pete Rose. Pete right? Rose. Yeah. Gang, you know. So, Tyson is going to be the referee. Now, obviously, he's in DX, so it's like, oh no, what's what's going to happen there? Then we get to the match, and I love the entrances for the match because they show them backstage. I love that part of it. It's really good. Don't, don't they even use the like typical dun, 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 yes. dun, 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 that they always use? <laughs> yeah. This is in Boston, which is a great wrestling crowd. Oh, too. the crowd was awesome. During awesome this. crowd, right? And I, I've, I've even heard Crockett mention he went, this is like the only time he got to go to WrestleMania. And like, he, oh, really? he said it. I think he said it that. I mean, it makes sense in the New England Mad Wars, all that. Of course. Right? Was Petey yeah. there? Little Petey? No. I thought Crockett was there, though. No, he probably was. If, I, if, I was wrong, if I'm wrong, Crockett, sorry. Yeah, but, or Petey, if you were there, yeah. let us know. I can't remember. But. Austin comes out first, which is awesome because now obviously the, the challenger should come out first. I understand that. But Hulk Hogan always came out last, even when he was challenging. Right. Oftentimes the face comes out like Savage came out last when he was challenging Flair. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the face just comes out last, even though in some people's memories, the champion always does. Not in the WWF. Like allegedly the custom according to like the yeah. announcers and shit. But like normally the face just comes out last, mm -hmm. even when they're challenging. Shawn Michaels with the little this is for you Earl which is a nice little like real yeah. life thing because Earl had suffered an aneurysm I right. like that yeah he's the greatest WWF champion of all time folks this is for you Earl and Shawn probably in his mind knows alright I'm gonna get through this and I'm going the fuck home I'm going to give it my all. Yeah. And I'm going to give him credit. And I, it wasn't just the injury. I think he just needed to get the hell away from this. Right. You know what true. I mean? It wasn't just the injury. It was a hyper intense situation for quite a long time. And he had a lot of problems, you know? Yeah. And now the injury was actually real this time. So I appreciate him. Ironic when he's got a real injury, he goes out and wrestles. But when he's got <laughs> a fake injury, he can't wrestle. Well, fucking ironic, isn't it, Quinn? All right. That's the end of my picking on Sean. Maybe, maybe uh, what Brett said got to him. Yeah, finally. Yeah, he's like, like I'll show Bret Hart. It's like, he yeah. did it just to spite Bret Hart. It's it's like he does the opposite always. Sean's over there. I'm here in the WCW fighting groin some, injury or whatever. Some, some guy with a cat mask on. <laughs> Sean's out there fighting Steve Austin. I should have done that. Mm -hmm. I could have had a good match with Steve. Anyway, okay. They go out there. For all factors considered, they have a good match. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a technical match. It's a brawl for the most part because mm-hmm. it kind of has to be. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to take anything Both guys away. are fucked up. Yeah, yeah no. It has to be a brawl. Hey, it's good. The crowd's into it. Sean is uh, giving it his all. Right. Whatever you think of him, he's really doing his best here. You can tell every time he has to stand up and do something, it's a problem in that match. Or he, if yeah. he has to bend over, he's very stiff in a lot of situations. Yeah, the way he's walking. And the, you yep. can literally see whatever the fuck is in his back that's messed up. You can see the, how, it, how he walks, yeah. how he does everything. Sometimes I'm not even certain how he's accomplishing the moves he's doing with the pain that he's in. Yeah, no, it looks rough. I don't yeah. think he's just selling, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't help Well, anyone. because when he's on top, yeah. he's still hurting. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. In every instance, even when he's he's supposed to be dominating, yep. he's like, you can see him like doing this or wincing or yep. something, and you're like, good lord. So again, whether someone had to threaten him or not to go out there, he still went out there. And right. he delivered, and he put Austin over clean. Right. No chicanery. He just took a pinfall for once to lose a belt. It had been a very yeah. long time. And uh, he doesn't like to do that. And he did it. Now, Mike Tyson, notwithstanding, comes in and does like a slightly fast count, which I heard Austin complain about on one of his podcasts. <laughs> he was very upset about the faster that's count a, that that's Tyson weird. did. Yeah, because he felt like it tainted it. You know uh, what I mean? Well, you know. But forget all Nobody that. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Austin won. And yeah. I knew Austin would win going into this. I'm sure you did too, Quinn. Well, yeah. It just felt like, of course he's going to win. time. Yeah. This should have been called WrestleMania. It's time. <laughs> Thus, you have Steve Austin, and we all know what happened from there. The feud with Vince. Yep. And that is that. And they took off and made a lot of money. A lot of money. Uh, the right guy won. It was a big main event. It was not the intrigue factor of, I knew Austin was going to win, and I was 12. I do think you know? the build around it was Good build. fun, even though it wasn't like that. I don't think it's like the greatest build I've ever no, seen. It was good. But like, I just remember, like, wasn't there like some kind of warm up? thing or something like there's yes the public workout the, the public be- workout and yeah all that stuff very similar to wrestlemania 11 because they did right. that with lt and bam bam too uh just overall really really um i guess well done memorable memorable yeah it's not the greatest thing ever i never forget watching that show same like, it was like one of those like it was the first wrestlemania i saw live where like it felt like a real wrestlemania not oh, like yeah. it felt like the stuff i saw on the tapes it had been you know a long I mean? time since something felt like a WrestleMania. Yeah. And this one definitely delivered in that regard. And the anticipation was there for the show. Well, I guess we're going to find out who the greatest is right now, though, Quinn. It's ranking time. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to run them down real fast here. Hogan Andre's number one. Rock Austin, number two. Savage Hogan, number three. Rock Hogan, four. Undertaker, Sean, five. Batista Orton, Brian, six. Savage Flair, seven. And Brett Sean is number eight. Warrior Hogan, is undoubtedly above Brett versus Sean yes, in every possible need way. To discuss this. Savage Flair. It's. <laughs> I think this Warrior Hogan is better. I think it's better too. I think the wrestling match between Savage and Flair is better. Of course, but I that, think the drama is better. I mean, but that's I don't know. About Warrior it. Warrior Hogan's like one of those like you'll never ever forget that match, right? You know, it's Savage, just so big. You know what the funny part about Savage Flair they always say is that you could tell a casual wrestling fan that that happened at WrestleMania. Not that they wouldn't believe you. They'd be like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, I could totally see. Yeah. You know part, what I mean? Part of that's the period of time. Part of that's yeah. that, that it didn't go on last. It was right. the first half of a double. Batista Orton Bryan, we love it a real lot. We love how we got there, but it's not Warrior Hogan. I love I love. Batista Orton Ryan. Yeah. You know that. Um, but it's not that. All right, so here's a challenge. Undertaker Sean. Hmm. 
Warrior Hogan's champion yeah. versus champion title yeah, versus title. Yeah, it's better. It, it, the match it's hard, is better. It's, it's hard. Uh, it, it, you're, you're comparing it to one of the greatest wrestled matches on WrestleMania. Undertaker Sean, yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, that's sort of the main event. Kind Not of. really. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. I it's guess. it's really the thing that I think hampers it. If that if Undertaker Sean was the proper main event, it would like blow a lot of shit out of the water. It would be a much bigger impact. There's no belt on the line, and there's nothing on the line. Actually, it's just a match. Well, yeah. I guess the streak is if Undertaker or Sean was the champion, and the belt was on the line. It'd be a little bit different, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really would. Even if it was like big gold or like not the important, just it, yeah. it just was there to say this is a world title match, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I think Rock, um, Warrior Hogan goes above it. It's Warrior versus Hogan. Yep, the title for title really helps it a lot. If the, you ask the, me. the magnitude of yeah. the match. Mm-hmm. Rock Hogan is similar because it's Rock versus Hogan. You don't know who's going to win. You might think Hogan's going to win. He doesn't. They're both in Sky Dome. You know what's interesting <laughs> about Rock Hogan? Yeah, I think it's trying to mirror. What Warrior Hogan was doing? Yeah, you know, I think what? it's like it the modern, ver- not modern, but you know what I mean. Like it's like it's kind of like the next generation version of. Yeah, except Hogan's still in it, <laughs> right? Because well, it's it's again they're like trying to say like they're passing the torch, and this like prolonged problem we had in wrestling in general uh-huh. that nobody could like match what Hogan did. Yeah, and it's like every couple years, every couple years after the Warrior Hogan, right. they're always like saying like. Okay, this is the one where like <laughs> this guy, if he beats Hogan, he's really gonna right. the torch is gonna be passed, right? At this point though, Hogan didn't have a torch to pass. You know what I mean? He didn't. This isn't that. He still was okay, arguably, I know this might sound really weird. Josh Kuhn will probably agree with you. At WrestleMania Whatever eighteen, yeah. Hulk Hogan was still oddly a bigger star than The Rock. Hulk Hogan. Like I don't care. In, in, in like 2002, Rock didn't make movies just yet. Kind of, but I, I'm not going to touch that because I don't know, Quinn, how to qualify any of that. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I don't yeah. know. I don't know, but Hogan's still a big name in 02. Yeah. Yeah. The thing here is, let's compare them. You know, the build is very uh, crappy for Rock Hogan. No. But it doesn't, you know yeah, what, it, it honestly is. It's, it's, it's like, it's probably crappier than Hogan Warrior. The problem is, is that, like we said, wasn't it like they wanted it to be Austin versus Hogan or something? Like, I think that was an idea thrown right. around, yeah. But the build, what I mean is like, isn't there something to do with like an ambulance or hitting the Rock's car? Something like really all, dumb. All I remember about it personally is that it had something to do with the Vince injecting the NWL poison and all that the shit. rationale for that. Yeah. I really wish they would have gotten Eric Bischoff sooner. I don't even sooner. remember why he was like mad at He was somebody. mad at Ric Flair because he owned half the company. None of this is good, by the way. I this is dumb. I don't care about that. It's really dumb. But, but with all that being said, it did bring us this. Yeah, we got here no matter what, yeah. right? I think, though, Warrior Hogan is more organic of a build. Right. And there's more, I don't know... Warrior Hogan was just so different from any of the first five WrestleMania event, main events, including Andre. And the reason why it's different than the Andre one is because Warrior was a face. Yeah. That's why. Okay. I say it's better than this. I do. Now, you know what? I, this might be a controversial opinion. I think Warrior Hogan is better than Hogan versus Savage. It's tough, but I think I agree with you. But let's it talk. Feels it feels bigger. Let's That's, talk it through. Yeah. yeah. yeah it feels bigger. That's my, my main argument. Savage Hogan had one of their best angles and arcs of all time to get there. Of course it did. Of course, where they got to was Trump Plaza and WrestleMania 5, which is is great wrestling. I love WrestleMania 5, but it feels small. Here's the the weird thing. It's not even just that. It's that 
Hogan and Savage's feud is personal. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior and Hogan's feud is like, it's like bigger. It's like about who's the best in WWF. Right. right. It's not about you stole my girlfriend or some shit. Right. You know what I mean? It's not a personal thing. It's not a personal issue. Yeah. And this and, is like the clashing of the gods. Right. Hogan yeah. It's warrior. like, Remember it, remember it said that they're actual like constellations or something at the beginning? Yeah, exactly. And they're and, in there. And then <laughs> you look in the sky and right. next to Zeus is Hulk Hogan. And then Mercules is nearby yeah. punching someone. Yep. And, and Warrior's on the side of him. Yeah, just hanging out. You know, really, Hercules should have been like the guest ref or something <laughs> like, just to mediate this shit, right? Like, Well, he understands. He pulled down the pillars. Of Rome, yeah. Of Rome. And he fought both Hogan and uh, Warrior, so he has no prejudice. He's fought both of them right. already. They should have, yeah, Hercules guest ref. That That'd would be have great. Been, that would have been excellent. Awesome. Here's what I think Hogan Warrior has over Savage Hogan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a storyline, obviously, over it. Savage and Hogan, the arc, the storyline. No, the is story's all better. better. The build is better. The match, arguably, Savage Hogan might be a better match in the ring. I don't really know. They're, kind of. They're both yeah. like the same. Yeah. They're, honestly. They're a Hogan match. Yeah, they're yeah, but with Savage brings his with their own tinges, yeah. yeah. The magnitude, the feel though, the enormity. Definitely give the nod to Hogan Warrior. Right. That's the right. thing. And the and, intrigue. And I guess, okay, here's the thing. Why does this enormity matter to me more? It's because it's WrestleMania. Had yeah. Savage versus Hogan been at like, I don't know, SummerSlam or something? Yeah. I would have been like, that's the greatest SummerSlam match ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there's certain factors that beyond their control. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Re- WrestleMania 6 is sort of also like a return to form with WrestleMania of like, it's big, everything's big, 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 big. Yeah, well, we always you know? said it's very similar to 3 in a lot of ways. Right. And I just think that it just kind of elevates this. No, uh, it's allowed to. Yeah. So, could we say that it's better I think than it's Savage better. versus Hogan? I think it's more intriguing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think it's a bigger thing. Okay. That's that's fine. The number re- Number 3. That's um, got to go against Rock Austin, which I, is the Attitude I, Era you know equivalent. You know, that's not moving for me. Rock Austin. The ending sucks. No, it doesn't. It's great. No, it sucks, Quinn. It's so different. It's a horrible ending. I love it. Horrible ending. <sighs> How tone main- deaf can they get? It's- trying to turn Austin heel in his home state. It's the main event and an awesome main event. Of yeah, it is. The, it's good. The greatest it's great WrestleMania match. ever. Yes, I said that. I don't think it is. I don't think any of that's true, what you just said. You don't think 17 no. is the best WrestleMania? No, I don't. I never have. I think it's great. Really? Yes. Holy you, shit. You acting like you don't know me? No, but 17 is like... It's great. Oh my God. I it's, think it's, like, I think it's it, great. It's the most well-executed WrestleMania ever. Like every single thing goes off really well. I think three is very well-executed. Really well. I think six is very well-executed. I think a lot of them are well-executed. <sighs> it's so good. I know I, it is. It's very good. I never said okay, it was bad. But here's the thing. What? Hogan and Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Here's what Hogan, Andre, and Rock Austin have that's really oddly in their favor and i don't know if this applies or not what in hindsight these are like era defining matches when you're looking back at them like they are they represent something big warrior hogan does too though. warrior hogan does too but i think that both of these the two top ones right now are bigger inflection points than hogan warrior but rock austin is the end of an era hogan and warrior is the is end, the of, end of an era. era i know that hogan andre is the kind of Maybe not the beginning of one, but so much as like a um a checkpoint or like a benchmark. Hogan of an Andre is more it's the comparable apex. to the other one we were just talking about, Sean and Austin. Kind of. They're like 
these kind are like of. inverses of each other, I guess. These matches, like a we, we have two right now at the right now, we have four matches we're talking about because now we're talking about the two top ones, right? So yeah. Hogan, Andre, Rock, Austin, yeah. Sean. Yeah, but that's not here yet. We yeah, got to do no, Warrior Hogan. I'm just pointing. I, I know. I, I'm just pointing out like how they compare to each other, right? And so my point is, is that I think Rock Austin is the more interesting. The match is better of these like end of an era things, right? I just, I love, I think it's brilliant. I, I really do. We'd already seen Rock Austin a bunch of times. Right. And that's fine. But it's like, a lot less intriguing than Warrior Hogan. Sure. Right. But, I mean, honestly, Quinn, we'd already seen Rock Austin. But, but it's just. It's it's just two years prior to WrestleMania. Just, I can't get over how this all played out. It, it's, yeah, no, no one did. They turned the channel off over the years. I watched this match over again recently. Yeah. And I, I still am like stunned how. Fucking it's very, compelling it is. It's like good. I know it's it is. So amazing. I agree with you. Yeah. Like I it's I just, very I, good. I, and you know I love Hogan versus the Warrior. Yes, I know you do. But I just I can't. Because the match is better? No, I just it's not it's all of it. It's the atmosphere. Like everything just clicks for me. Well the Sky Dome has a great atmosphere. Yeah, no, it's great. I just I think it I, I don't think putting it, it above I don't Hogan think, Warrior. I don't think there's a big gap. I think it's like a photo finish. And I really, really think Austin and The Rock is just slightly better to me. I, what, I've seen both these matches 600 times, and I just find The Rock and Austin so compelling the whole way through. There's, like, intrigue with, like, the Vince shit. Like, you're like, what is he doing? And, like, I, it's it's very interesting. And then, like, on top of it, it's all the, like, moves and shit they do to each other that have, like, history behind it. And, like, this they-can't-beat-each-other thing is, like, really exemplified in this. And I, I love... It's even like if Hogan and Warrior are supposed to be so even, I feel like The Rock Austin feels even more even to the point that one of them has to like go to like crazy ass lengths to like beat the other. It's so cool. It's so different than a WrestleMania main event where there's like an actual like story going on at the end, whether you like it or not. There's something there's like a there's almost like um. At the end of it, it's like you gotta you gotta watch tomorrow. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is so interesting. You know, I know it didn't play out in the way that people wanted to in the following months, but we're just talking well, about the Warriors title reign. Yeah. So we're both both the both the after effects of these did not end up too great the way they hoped or expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Which Although is why they represent end of an era. I just exactly. Think, I just think the Rock and Austin does it a, a little bit better. I don't know, man. I, I think it's a little overwrought with the they can't beat each other. I mean, we've seen them beat each other before. What changed to make them now unbeatable? They fought before. They had we a know feud. what changed. They've is, been feuding for years on and off. We were told what changed is Austin said is Austin was slipping and he I know that. You know, he said I could I can't I can't I need lose to, to this rock, guy. Yes, yeah. I know that. I know and that. I, and in turn by having to cheat, it says it says to you this. Like uh, like subtly, mm. maybe The Rock has has exceeded Steve Austin. Well, that's part of the story they're trying right, to tell. Yeah, exactly. It's totally compelling. I don't know. It's like Hogan Warrior, awesome. But like you said, there's not much story about it. There's not. There, there doesn't there, need to be. Though it's just it, it. It's just look at these guys with belts. It's awesome. It's incredible. Like it's a great moment. I love it a lot. But when I think of like WrestleMania matches, I think it's up up to top. But I. The two that we have at the top right now are really, they're really super top tier to me. Like, I don't know if they can be touched 
like I really think that your sticking point with the rock and Austin about the the ending like throws away how crazy awesome the whole match is like it from even from a story perspective like pulling the old it's moves a, out and listen, stuff it's like great. yeah like no, I, I know it is yeah I, I'm not I don't want to be unfair I know that it's a really well done match and the and the atmosphere the Astrodome is like electric yes it is <sighs> so it even has that that dome like big arena feel to go with it to fight back. Like it's I not know, like and, it's not like in a dump somewhere. And the commentary's great. Yep. Jaron Hammond's got the commentary. Yeah. It, it's really it's really good. I never said I didn't like it. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I got nothing. Go back and watch. Yeah, that's all I, I got. want to. And that should no, tell not, you not something. To you, not to you. I'm saying <laughs> to other people. It's yeah. long. It's so long and overwrought. Oh god. They do each other's finishers. Oh riveting. Like, what, who cares? It's, who cares? It's very interesting. No, it's not. It's very interesting. Get me pissed man. now. I don't like it as much. I like Hogan Warrior better. <laughs> and don't talk about characters. They never fought before. They're on the posters. They're bigger than the mountains. They're bigger than Greenland. They're bigger than my dad. It's so much more intriguing. Champion, champion, title, title, ultimate challenge. Are you kidding me? How is Rock Austin better? They had already fought each other. It's just who cares? You just have to watch it again. It's it's really awesome. Like it, it just it just. It ticks off all the boxes. Ticks me off that I love in a main event. I know, it feels I, so big. I know I'm not going to convince you. Yeah, I said my piece. I love the Hogan Warrior. I know, you know that. Too. You know I'm a huge fan of WrestleMania. 6. I know, Quinn. I'm not going to. I'm giving you credit. You're being fair. But when I think of WrestleMania, the two matches at the, the top of the list right now are just <sighs> holy shit. Like those are okay. like those are the best ones I've ever seen okay. ever, in the main event. I'm not. I don't have. I'm not going to challenge you. All right. Now, number three, Warrior Hogan. Okay. Now, now to our other one. Oh, that's definitely better. Austin Michaels is better than Brett Sean. Yes. Even though the match isn't as good, it's better. I think the magnitude, again, the sound yeah. flare, the problem with the whole, like, why is it in the middle and all that <sighs> shit. Yeah, but I don't know that Austin Michaels is going to go that high, Quinn. I don't know if it's better. Is it better than Savage Flair? In all serious, I'm it's not a better to be match. Mean. It's not a better match. No, it's it, not. It, it, it's more just to me about, like, what it represents. It is, like, yeah. It's going to hang its hat on that. It's like, what does it mean to wrestling? Right. right. Like, because if you were to go that route, here's the thing. You could go really high with that. Like, you know what I mean? Just on that alone. I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just on like. Yeah, it's better than it, Savage Flair in that regard. It has more meaning. And it's, it has more meaning. Yeah. And was a bigger thing than Batista Orton Bryan. Mm-hmm. It means more than Undertaker, Sean. But do, okay, so but this is interesting, but it. does it? Maybe not. Because here's the thing is Undertaker Sean represents a long standing, like two gigantic stars colliding thing, right? Yeah. It does. It it does have a lot of history to it, whether it's overt about it. Yeah, you or know what implied I mean? history, sure. Yeah, like I know. the fans going in. The thing about WWF by that point is a lot of these WrestleMania matches have this like meta like thing where like because WrestleMania is an event where super fans file into like it's it, the tickets are expensive the people mm-hmm. going the people going are real fans they know the whole history of everything that's going yeah. on and they because, sit there with their arms crossed next to me right but because of how Wrest- dirty assholes like because of how wrestling is i'm yeah. just i'm just pointing out that uh, an undertaker Shawn michaels yeah almost nothing needs to be said to that crowd for them to understand Sure, like, and the you build, know what I mean. And, like and the build was good anyway. Yeah, the, 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 them running into it's 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 the Hogan Warrior thing where they run into each other at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and Sean was. I mean, they're great. It, yeah, but Austin it, Michaels 
the one thing it has, well, it has a couple things over it. It's the beginning of an era. Right. It's a title match. It went on last. The era defining thing is what really what's driving it right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I have to put it above it. I hate to say it. No, I know. It's and not it, good. It's the match isn't good because of other reasons. That And it's not even because they're like doing it bad. Right. It's one of the wor- lesser matches wrestling wise on this card, in my opinion. Yeah, but so is Hogan Andre. Well, and it's that. number one. I know that. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. I think it's actually more important than Rock Hogan. I don't, oh, 100%. I don't like it nearly I as much. I actually think that it really is a top five. Yeah, I want to... If we're going to do anything, I don't think it I don't think it beats Savage Hogan. I don't think it beats Savage Hogan either. But I can put it above Rock Hogan. I can put it above Rock Hogan. Because it actually means something. Hogan, I mean, listen, Hogan Rock is a tremendously satisfying, mm-hmm. and it was great to see Hogan it's back. as deliberate as the Austin. Right. It's Sean just, thing. It's a spectacle, and I yeah. love the spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could put Austin Michaels at number five, but leave it there. I don't think it beats Savage Hogan with all the history and build there. Yeah. And as much as we want to say, you know, it kicked off an era, and it did, it did, that era was happening one way or another. I mean, Austin, it was just a formality at that point, Quinn. I think it meant a lot to people to see Sean go down to him now. Yeah, because uh, Michaels never loses a yeah. belt. Yeah, but I mean that if if there's any time to use your 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 <laughs> your situation where you've um you know that like you're you're passing the torch here, this yeah. is it, right? No, I gotta give him credit. He didn't lose a smile or anything like that. He no, didn't no. fail a drug test or anything like that. He lost the belt in the middle of the ring. And I know it's, it's a story for another time, but some some of that I feel like the stuff we're talking about that he did yeah. is driven for just like he wants he doesn't like Brett in real life. Like a lot of those things, it always comes back to like Brett, nice, is it? Brett or other people. Not very Once nice. it was Austin, oh sure, I'll lose to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just it's because of the two of them not it has nothing to do with Austin. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I can leave it at five. Yeah. The only reason I think we're putting it above Rock Hogan is just because it mattered more. It's not mm-hmm. better. Nothing about it is better. <laughs> No, <laughs> that, that's well, just to clarify. Nothing about it yeah. is better than Rock. It's Hogan. just what it represents. It's just what it represents. It's allowed to get in on that. I think. Yeah, but that's it. I love this list. I think this list is very good. I think Rock Austin's way too high. But... I'm it, okay. Here's the thing with that. What? Can I just say before yes. we before we stop here is that it's like it could flip flop, maybe. Like I think it's just literally a matter of opinion at that point. It's like a coin toss. Yes, it is. Like, no, I know. And I just I just think Rock. I personally. I, I can't not fight for Rock and Austin because I feel like I personally would have, folks, as we end the the the, the rankings. Go here, ahead, you say what you want. To me, that's number one. I know. I there's no WrestleMania match that has ever like been that crazy to me that I watched and I was like on the fucking like standing up in like my living room like holy yeah, shit that's like an aspect what the of it. fuck like you know like, yeah, I like know. When, when Austin I think the first main move that's kicked out of is like the rock bottom I think that's at that point I was literally standing in my like living room watching this shit I don't blame you I, I was like this you. is insane yeah I mean I'd probably keep Hogan Andre at number one but regardless yeah. it's um a couple of other things I want to mention here just in case anyone's curious what didn't make the voting or just missed it the triple threat at Wrestle 20 yeah, Chris I'll, Voldemort. We can't talk about Triple that, H, yeah. Shawn Michaels. Well, it didn't make it. Right below that, it's a great match, though. It is. I, it is. I don't because I don't want to take it away from Shawn and no, Triple H. They, that's a good match. It is yeah. very good. Right below that, believe it or not, is Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. I like that match. Me too. We, Me too. That's what the one we, we saw. saw that we were live, at that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan and T versus Piper and Orndorff got votes, which makes yeah. sense. Makes Big. sense. The first WrestleMania. 
And below that, believe it or not, Roman Ryhands versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I don't even remember from Wrestle 31. I don't even remember that match at all. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Now, in case anyone's wondering, where's Savage Warrior from 7 and where's Savage Steamboat from 3? The only matches that didn't go on last that were allowed eligibility are Rock Hogan, Undertaker Sean, and Undertaker Sean. And the only re- I let Merkel handle all that. And the only reason for that is because of the magnitude of them. They're both debatable whether this should be even in the list or not. You yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I get that. But the mid card IC title matches in the career match were not. You know, listen. If Savage Warrior was on this list, it'd be my number one. It's it's like okay? one of the finest WrestleMania yeah. matches. Period. Will that satisfy sure. anyone Probably, out there? If, if if this was a list of just like best WrestleMania matches, no so, no main event qualifier. Savage Warrior, Undertaker, Sean would be like Undertaker super Sean, fucking high. Brett Owen would be yeah. up there. Did you say Savage Steamboat? Savage yeah, Steamboat. Uh, yeah. Uh, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. There, just so they, everyone knows. Yeah. Those would be like the top shit, yeah. right? But I guess that's it, huh? Yeah. It's over. The season is over for rankings. It's a good list. (laughs) It's a solid list, I think. I'll let you do that. You know what, Quinn? In fact, it's so solid. Why don't you run it down, okay? Okay. And number one, Hogan Andre, WrestleMania 3. Number two, Rock Austin, WrestleMania 17. Number three, Warrior Hogan, WrestleMania 6. Number four, Savage versus Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 5. Number five, Austin versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 14. WrestleMania 18, Rock Hogan at number six. At number seven, Undertaker and Shawn Wrestle 25. At number eight, Batista and Orton, Brian, WrestleMania 30. Number nine, Savage vs. Flair, WrestleMania 8. And number 10, Brett vs. Shawn, WrestleMania 12. Although I don't know about that one. I don't either. But that is the Royal yeah. Rankings for this season, folks, of WrestleMania Main Events. Let us know, of course, what you think. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or join the group. Uh, but Quinn, when we come back, for some godforsaken reason, we are reviewing the WWF from 1999. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be doing that right after this. Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the Violets. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then, for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 219. 219! Thank you, Quinn. Quinn, we're reviewing something, but before we do, we're going to let our pal from the other side of the pond introduce it, okay? Let's hear okay. from the one and only Richard Land. Hello, Chuck. 
Cups. Just a quick story about this upcoming review. It's WWF Superstars from June 27, 1999. But it's the UK version with Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. And yes, that date is correct. June 27, 1999. Three months after Gorilla's final public appearance at WrestleMania 15... And fans in the US watching that event would have no idea Gorilla was still going to Stamford every week to do the voiceovers for this show. So as most of you know, I searched far and wide for the obscure and rare videotapes for OVP to review. And this is a very new find indeed. Joe, in particular, has been nagging me for... Oh, about four years now to try and find a full episode of this show from 1999 and I've been looking myself a lot longer but always keep coming up short as nobody bloody taped these I think that's because it's very much just shotgun repackaged with different commentary and a shotgun aired the day before superstars in the UK I suppose that's why. Although, as Kevin Kelly and that cock, Terry Taylor, were the shotgun commentary team for most of 1999, I have no idea whether anyone would want that version over this. But, anyway, enjoy this review, everyone, as I'm sure the boys will do it justice. Cheerio! Well, thank you, Richard Land. Thanks, Richie. So, yes, folks, if you didn't hear him through his thick British accent there, this is WWF Superstars. UK version. UK edition, yes. June 27th, 99, and the reason we're doing this is for one reason, Quinn, <laughs> and literally... There's only one, because I wouldn't watch this willingly. <laughs> and it's because Gorilla Monsoon is still on commentary. Now, not to dash anyone's dreams, but when Gorilla did do this show in mm-hmm. 98 and 99, he was always the third man of a three-man boot. Oh, yeah, he definitely wasn't the featured commentator no. at all. He was in 97. Remember, we've heard him with Ray Rougeau and all right, that? yeah. Like, but not by 98, 99. And yes, this is three months after his frail appearance at WrestleMania 15, mm. and only a little over three months before he would sadly pass away. Right, right. But he was still doing it, and you got to figure at this point, it's just for the love of it. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, they're at this point where they're like, they're just going to make sure he's okay. He's like, employed he for what, life. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Yep. Uh, so play golf all day or whatever he wants to do. <laughs> right. Let's talk quickly, Quinn, about the landscape of uh, the summer 99. I-, I have no idea because it's 99 is a blur. <laughs> just watching this show alone. Yeah. I was, was like, oh, that happened. Yeah, like, you know, like mo- most of it. Like, because 1999, as we've said in the past, is so chaotic that me and Joe's brains can't even like comprehend yeah. what the fuck is happening um i do know the main angle in this though is one that i actually like the one where like stone cold by hook or by crook becomes the ceo due to some stipulation I think it was hook it, yeah and it leads to like some hook. shenanigans at the headquarters that are actually kind of funny There's some fun stuff <laughs> like yeah. and, and it leads to a super fun match at the king of the ring yep where the where vince and shane like all goofily have to like try to beat Austin in a ladder match to keep yes, the company. And this it's is true. It's actually like, it's like one of their better matches of the Vince and Shane wrestling things. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Yes. I know you always say that you love I it say, so much. I will say the best actually ever match where the two of them wrestled was against each other. WrestleMania against, 17. It, that match is like, why is this so good? Like, you know what I mean? No, like, it's great. So I, I want to give Shane and Vince some props here just on the side. Yeah. Because sometimes they actually do show up and are 
super entertaining in a wrestling match. Well, they like, generally are. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this, what we're doing, like Richard said, is superstars in the U.S. at the time mm-hmm. had long been just a recap show since uh, March of 97. But in the U.K., for whatever reason, they had had the U.K. superstars, which we've done some from 97 and 98 before. It's shotgun, but with the superstars intro. And that's literally... <laughs> Why is it different? I don't, I don't know. know. Why don't they just put on the superstars? <laughs> I don't know. So you could have seen this show in the U.S., the same exact show we're going to watch, but with different announcers and all mm-hmm. that. But we're doing it for Gorilla. Yeah. The dream has come true. I'm trying to find where he, when he's talking. Yeah, exactly. So here it is. Because of Richard Land, WWF Superstar. Oh, hang on. And by the way, on our Facebook group, while after you vote for the Royal Rankings and Flush for next season, you can drop a specific episode request. Mm-hmm. There's a pinned announcement there where whatever specific episode you want, put it there. We're trying to chip away. Yep, at make stuff, sure okay? you have a full date and show, yeah, obviously. It, yeah. Or a link if it's on YouTube or Daily yep. Motion or anything like that. But anyway, WWF Superstars UK Edition, June 29th, 99. You know, the usual intro in over 34 million countries. 19 different languages, 4,000 zip codes. All right, 1999. What are we doing here? And superstars, it's not even anything anymore. I know. And of course, Quinn, we get your favorite, the DX band superstars intro. Flashing lights and you want to go far. Reaching for the brass ring. Oh my gosh, I want to be a superstar. That's who you want Superstars! It's so good. Fantastic intro. Like, it's amazing because, like, it's amazing because it's the only time they had a fucking song that, like, says superstars in it. And it's like they use it for, like, when it doesn't even, like, matter anymore. It's like, this intro is great, Joe. You don't like this song? Yeah. I think it, like, really fits the time period and, like, I actually love it. It's definitely better than Daddy Cool, Heartbreaker, Undertaker, yeah, that Pants Taker, whatever. Ass. <laughs> this is the best Superstars intro ever, period. Besides the first one, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's the only one that yeah. that competes with it because at least this one they're talking about, like grasping for the brass ring and everything. Like it's, Brass ring. Well, because you're on the low end of the totem pole on Superstars, so you're trying to get to the top. It, it all makes sense, Joe. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, so Michael Cole threatens us with some Triple H recaps to start. And Stop. I, I, I know, right? And then we go to ringside where Meat is making his I, I entrance. I told you, it's people trying to ascend the ladder here. Yep, and it's uh, with PMS, which was Terry Reynolds and Jackie, but this is when the early days where they actually still had Ryan Shamrock. Yeah, I remember it as a trio, actually. Initially, so, yeah, yeah. Only initially. Because nobody cared after it wasn't a trio, to be honest with you. To tell you the truth, I never cared. Yeah. Um, his opponent in the ring is Val Venus. And of course, it's 1999. Right. So on commentary is Michael Cole, and we already know Gorilla, but with them, the third man, Dr. Tom Pritchard. What do you think about that, Quinn? I'm, it's amazing. I like him. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Superstars. Michael Cole, Dr. Tom Pritchard, WWF President Gorilla Monsoon. Now, I don't mind Dr. Tom, but here's the thing. When I think of Gorilla at any late period in time, I think Gorilla's saying, well, Dr. Tom, like it's always Dr. Tom because they they're, they're, they're not going to put Gorilla with anybody important anymore. Well, Ray Rougeau, yeah. you know, like one of those. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to start this match here. Teddy Long is the referee. That's remember when he was a ref. Yeah, a that was just normal back yeah, then. It was just normal. Get a lock up to start. And immediately we're talking about King of the Ring coming up, which is like tonight or whatever. Hey, of, really? Yeah. Do they say that like on this there? day? Yeah, that's funny. And the big Austin versus Vincent Shane match. <laughs> never been a match where all the marbles have been on the line like this. Very gorilla line. There has never been a match of this magnitude for all the marbles. By the way, you said this was the same day of the King of the Ring. It is or just something. Just on the aside, like, yeah. 
isn't it amazing they were able to fill that arena that day? Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, always, always something I have to mention. When, They're coming when to see them try to grab the brass ring, huh? Yeah, they really want to see meat. <laughs> They, that was advertised. Eat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Venus is in with a corner closed on some general ass kicking. As Dr. Tom explains, you have to climb the ladder to get the marbles. They keep saying marbles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mar- oh, the marbles! Yeah, like, there's literally a bag of marbles. And, it, going and I will say, like, Gorilla here, I don't want to, like, I know I'm doing the high-pitched Gorilla. He's not really not, always like, talking. He's just like, oh, and all the marbles are on. Like, he doesn't yeah. care. He's doing, like, his 95 Coliseum video voice, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's that. Stan Lane, that yeah. voice. Anyway, Gorilla then chimes in to talk about how Austin could win control of the company. He's like, it could be good. It could be bad. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that he's talking about this it's stuff. It's so weird that it? he's talking at all in 1999. I know. Well, it could, could be good. It could be bad. A cover by Val gets two big rights in the corner by Val. Still talking about the ladder match, by the way. King of the Ring, nice spine buster by Val. Gorilla thinks the uh, tattoo that Val recently gave Prince Albert on his ass looked really good. That I happened. Cannot believe- First of all, I don't remember that, but yeah. second of all, Gorilla Monsoon talking about that. Oh, it's a compelling storyline in the world of 1999 canon. (laughs) And speaking of compelling, now the announcers switch to talking about Rock versus Undertaker at King of the Ring. Meanwhile, Venus gets distracted by his former lover, Quinn, Ryan Shamrock. Right, I remember that. Yep, that's how she was introduced. Remember, yeah, he was like, wasn't he trying to get back at Ken Shamrock for some shit? I don't remember why. Absolutely right. And saving Ryan's I found your sister. (laughs) (laughs) 1999, everybody. Yep. So, uh, Mead attacks him from behind. They brawl to the outside, back inside. Also, can I just ask, I like him, but why do you think Dr. Tom is a commentator at this period of time? Uh, like, probably because he's training, like, Kurgan or something. I don't know. <laughs> whatever he's whatever he's doing at Sta- in the basement of Stanford in, like, you know, somewhere where they have Kurgan. a ring, ring set up. They're like, this guy needs help. Back when the day, right, Joe? And I always noticed this. Back in the day when they didn't have like NXT or Performance Center to send you to. Send the fucking Dr. They, Tom. They send you to Dr. Tom in the basement over at fucking uh, Titan Towers in like some rusty ass <laughs> ring. And they sometimes have footage of it. And it's always like dim and like the ceiling's low. And like there's just a crappy ring. And like Dr. Tom's like teaching you how to wrestle. This was this was This is perf- real. Like and it was only Dr. Tom. Like it's- it was like there wasn't like people there. It was just like no you just go to Dr. Tom for like six hours on a day. He's wearing like a crappy gray t-shirt. Right. Sometimes Dory Funk is there. I've seen it. Usually to like switch, swishy pants on. Yup. This is all with the shitty hair. With the shitty hair and he's all sweaty and he's like, okay, this is how you do arm shit. And like, <laughs> like that's like, what's happening? And for the record, we love Dr. Tom Pritchard. Yeah. He's tremendous. He was their like, this is how you wrestle guy for like a couple years in the 90s. He's noted as a great trainer. Right. Anyway, announcers now talk about the King of the Ring tournament. Cole has to say B.A. Billy Gum because the U.K., they have restrictions well, yeah, and all that. You proper know. there. And then Gorilla, this is just so bizarre, talks about how China could win and become the queen of the ring. It's right. Just, Gorilla talking about that is weird. It is. Shoulder up for Val. And Mr. President, what about China with the opportunity to become the queen of the ring? Because well, she could be queen of the ring. Wouldn't surprise me. She's got a lot of outside help. So I thought that by meat, as I realized, Quinn, why they didn't do long matches in 1999, because no one cared. I don't care because I'm listening intently for gorilla comments, mainly. <laughs> Me too. Um, Val's up. He hammers that corner whip, reversed by meat. Boot by Val to the meat there. Gorilla says, that'll slow him down. Yep. <laughs> Bulldog by Venus. Big rights by the Venus here. Irish whip, back elbow, and an elbow drop. 
moves, moves, moves. He's a house of porn, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Do you think his the door to his house is like those double saloon doors? Not probably. <laughs> like the, the VHS store. place, yeah. yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Michael Cole wants to talk about hardcore Holly. Dr. Tom thinks he's literally dumb. <laughs> yeah, what is he, dumb? Yeah, he's just dumb. <laughs> Challenge a big show. Remember that where like they tried to make Bob Holly really good in 99? Yeah, and then it says <laughs> piss ass and things like that. Slap nuts. And- I used to be a race car driver. Now I'm not, so I'm yeah. good. Now like- I'm just a jerk. Like, it, 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 he's just rude. Like a like, surly person. Yeah, he's just like, I'm good now. Cool gimmick. You know what I don't understand about his gimmick? He acts like he's good, but everyone knows he's not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not The Rock. He's, he's very, not Austin. He's very mid-card. But he, he had... He, That's all he is. Here's the thing, is he acts like he's like a former world champion with the way he talks. I know. Who like, I, I was once is? on the top of the totem pole, and yeah. he never was. <laughs> Like, who is this guy? He was once behind a steering wheel. I mean, generally, he was just fighting Aldo Montoya. <laughs> right. Like, sh- shit like that. Just losing the people. Yeah. Anyway, Irish whip again. Boot double underhook suplex is nicely done by Val, which gets to uh, Val the charge elbow by Meat. And he sets up the Meat grinder, which I guess... I don't looked, even know what it is because he couldn't do it. It looked like it was going to be someone in those twisty reverse neck breaker bullshits. Yeah, or a slam. I, can't, yeah. I couldn't make, make sense of what he was trying to do, so... So before the meat can grind Venus here, Val reverses into a fisherman suplex for the win. That's random. Although Val is much better than him, so this makes total sense. <laughs> Good point. Like, I was like, what? This what? was a weird match because I was like, I was like, well, meat's probably going to win because they want to push him right now, yeah, right? They don't. But at the, at, the, at, at the same time, I was like, but Val Venus isn't like a jobber yet. He no, isn't no. like Mr. Corbin. What's what did they? What was his name? Chief Morley. Chief, Chief, yes, Chief Morley. Baron Corbin. Are you yeah. equating him to Baron Corbin? The Chief Morley character is very Baron Corbin. Very similar. Yeah, so I, my point is is that he wasn't that yet, so I was like, wait a sec, Val can't lose to this jabroni. And he didn't. Yeah. Venus beat meat. Anyway. Yeah. Suddenly, Prince Albert and Draws run in an attack. <laughs> Cole says, what strength prompted me to think of Street Fighter 1? Don't forget the all over the world. By the way, for all of this, Draws, PMS ringside, mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon's on commentary. I just it's want to mention this. Weird, yeah. It's very weird. Anyway, they beat the Venus down and they really jack him up before leaving the Draws' music. Did nothing, by the way. Draws gets the music. He Like, Prince Albert did all the things. <laughs> <I know>. like, <laughs> That's true, actually. Puke. <laughs> Puke. Anyway, Cole now throws to a sit-down with Ken Shamrock talking about trying to win the King of the Ring the second year in a row. <laughs> yeah, it was all high-pitched. <laughs> and you know, like, it's really hard. <laughs> it is. Like, it's hard, but I think I can do it. Why do you even have to win it twice? Like, it barely matters anymore at this point. I know. It's a stretch that it even mattered in 98 when he won so, it the first time. It's interesting, though. They, they did. If you notice throughout this, they, it seems like they did sit-downs with everyone and only just took the stuff that they liked or whatever. Yeah, like but 10 seconds. What I think's going on here, because I noticed this thread throughout the whole show. Yep. I think what this is is trying to make it matter again. Like that, the interesting part is like I think ninety seven was the last one that mattered, and ninety eight kind of was like whatever. Yeah, and so this is them trying to make a return to form, like kind of propping up the King of the Ring brand again, right? Like trying to like this this ninety nine. They're making an attempt. No, they are. They're making an attempt to say like, no, King of the Ring. It means a lot, right? Give them that. So they did sit downs with all the participants. It's kind of cool. Yeah, actually. Billy Gunn now pops up in his sit-down to talk about how he's been in the WWF for seven years. It's actually six. Mm-hmm. And he's never been in the King of the Ring before because it's the first time now that he hasn't had someone strapped to his Just back. shut up. 
Like seriously, he owes Road Dog. Yeah, Road Dog no was one way. Care. No one would care about Road Dog. Did all the work. I know. He did all the charisma lifting. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he did all the heavy lifting. Remember at the beginning of New Age Outlaws? Like literally, only Road Dog talked, and Billy Gunn would just like point at his shirt or something and like like dance around because he's horrible at talking. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, sorry, Billy Gunn. Fact: I know we're gonna get shit from him. For I that don't on even Twitter. Mo- honestly. You know, we're saying he sucked at talking, but he Billy Gunn bad. is a, a wrestler and person in wrestling. I never really mind him. I never got the like hate for him. I never minded him. I just don't like him as a singles wrestler. Yeah, it's the only thing. I, I do. Mi- yeah, I don't mind him either way. It's just I, I don't him. see him as a main eventer. And they never, only that one time, like at Summerslam, they tried to push it, which is here. Yes, and, and it didn't work. And they no. just he went back to being Billy Gunn again. Yeah, and I, I really have no issue. Plus, his music as a single is amazing. Both themes, the Mr. One, Ass and uh, the one Billy Gunn. Yes, the one. They're the all one, good. The one one is it, it, that one retroactively is like incredible. Yeah, I know. Uh, but also, Quinn, the premier ass. <laughs> <laughs> Are we at the premier ass? Yeah, we're during that era. Okay, this is the premier ass. <laughs> the premier ass. Anyway, we now get a video package of the Rock Undertaker Ministry Corporation Triple. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Apparently, there was a triple threat recently with Horse. That's Triple H. Rock and the Undertaker on Raw. Who's very much, by the way, Satan taker during this period of oh, time. Oh, yes, yes. Die, die, die. Mm-hmm. China had tripped the Undertaker by accident, so he went out to kill her, and that allowed a rock bottom on Triple H for the win. Vince is all upset. Yeah, because the corporation, corporate ministry's fighting. You know? Right, yeah. For those of you keeping score at home, Triple H and the Undertaker are both in the corporate ministry, but they're right. fighting with each other. Okay? Right. Just so you know. Anyway. Rock now gets to take on the champion at King of the Ring. The champion's The Undertaker. Again, okay. you're losing track here. I'm losing track of just listening to you. The Undertaker won it from Steve Austin, who had won it from The Rock because Vince had turned face and then turned heel again. And it was him all along. None of this fucking matters or makes sense. Right. Triple H and The Rock now beat the shit out of each other. That's nice. Uh, we now go to Raw proper from last week, where Triple H is in there cutting a promo, challenging The Undertaker. Is he dumb? <laughs> like, What? Like, I, I was very appalled. I like, was texting him. I was like, Triple H, who the fuck does he the Undertaker in 1999? I know. Like, The Undertaker? Like, he really thinks he's going to be The Undertaker? Like, well, get the hell out of here. You raise a good point, Quinn, because this is very early in the Triple H heel push. Like, yeah. He had just turned heel, I think, at WrestleMania 15, where he was a face going into it, and China had been a heel going into it, turned face, but then returned heel when Triple H turned heel together? I don't know what you're saying. I know. It's, it's like so confusing. And then he got the short tights. This is yeah. like right when that happened. Yeah, so he has the short tights that, like you think, but I'm also like, wait a second. It's like June of 99. Yeah, it's like brand he is new not, with this. He's not at the level of The Undertaker no, quite yet. No, no. This is when they were he, they were trying to build him there. So he's like, I'm good. Uh, that's yeah. all it was. But he mm-hmm. hadn't proven that he was good uh, yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no it wouldn't one thought be until he was... WrestleMania 17 when he would be a good uh, to fight the Undertaker. Uh. <laughs> right. The time for talking is over. Yeah? Good. He really wasn't even viewed as good uh, until the Foley feud. Right. Like Even when he first won the title at SummerSlam. Very not good uh. Not good uh, yet. Anyway, he calls out the Undertaker. We get to hear the Taker's Ministry theme. <laughs> He's like, die, 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 you little piece of shit. Rest in ass. <laughs> like, basically. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even say anything. These are the, I'm just reading his face. Yeah, no, exactly. Rest in ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Taker charges out with the world title. Paul Bearer, the king's freaking out. JR all sarcastic about everything, which is funny. Shane, we're, we're Shane! It's not my day to watch Vince and Shane, by the way. 
Suddenly, Vince now gets on the mic, and the acolytes, Shane, the boss man, Mitty, and Viscera, everyone storms out. They're trying to break it up, yep. right? JR's like, mm, maybe cooler heads are going to prevail here. Mm-hmm. Vince, by the way, has like a butter-colored blazer <laughs> it's on. amazing. <laughs> that, that blazer, like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like the, it's like margarine-colored. It's amazing. Like, where did he find? And you know he found that thinking like, hey, pal, this will make me a real heel. Yeah, like, probably, you know what I mean? right? Like, that's totally like intentionally <laughs> yeah. dicky, that, yeah. that blazer. What's, what's the most assy blazer you can find? <laughs> Go get it now. It's great. And uh, so he gets on the mic, and Vince is very much... Uh, at the top of his game as a talker during this yeah. period of time. He gets on and he asks the fans how many people would like to see Undertaker and Triple H beat the hell out of each other. Big pop, of course. Of course. Yeah, it's amazing. The crowd is awesome here. Yeah. I actually laugh. Because these guys are both heels, so yeah. of course they want to see him kill each other. Uh-huh. And Vince is like, well, not tonight, not yeah. any night. Just wait till WrestleMania 17. When Triple H is gooda. Yeah, gooda. He has to be gooda first. This is not the time for this. No. Uh, cut to a little bit later now on Raw. Where Vince talks about the new CEO, Steve Austin. Right. Again, 1999, everybody. <laughs> Vince bitches about how Austin made his office smell recently at corporate headquarters. Stinky. He's a stinky man. <laughs> Farting in there. Yeah. Oh, hell, I'm going to just rip a fart. Beer farts. Yeah, beer farts. There you go. But of course, while he was there, Shane and Vince challenge Austin for the CEO versus ownership. I see. Quinn, I hate it. I don't know why you like it. I, I, I like anything where the hierarchy is, is, is talked about. It stinks. Because, so, okay, wait. It's very Russo. Just, let me, let me um, explain to you why this makes sense, right? Fine. Austin has won via stipulation, right, that he's the CEO of the company. Why did they have that stipulation to begin with? Because reasons. Okay. Probably because they got so... It's it's all in line with the Vince just hates Austin so much that he's willing to put dumb shit on the line to fight him. But not fire him ever. Right, because he needs to make money. Yeah, okay. However, it makes sense that, yeah, Austin's the CEO because of this stipulation. So he's like the boss in the company, but because they only gave him the CEO, he's not the owner. No, so he's they, not the owner. So the, the, any time, any decisions that are made, the McMahon still make all the money. They they own it, right? Yeah. But because of this stipulation, they can't like fire Austin because they agreed to make him the CEO, basically, right? I hate this. So <laughs> to settle the fucking score here, it's just basically all the marbles are on the line, right? Yeah, it's a bag like of marbles. The, the, the ownership CEO is just all in this briefcase, and it's like that's it, yeah, right. Okay. That's essentially what's going on here. I still hate it. Anyway, they talk about putting their ownership papers in this briefcase. Right. Yes, in a ladder com- match. They're going to combine it all together. The CEO-dom and the ownership. I hate it. Yeah. I hate all of it. Right. Uh, the winner's going to own everything in the WWE. Sure they will. Mm-hmm. Big Austin chant now. Vince says when it's all said and done, Austin will be at the very bottom of the ladder. Get it? Corporate ladder puns, yeah. Joe? Clever. Yeah. It's very. It all makes sense. I can imagine really, Russo yeah. and Ferraro writing this shit with the people's court on in the background or whatever they did. <laughs> anyway, Austin. Judge Judy. <laughs> like first season or whatever. <laughs> Judge Judy. Bro, I love that Judith Shineledge. She's great, bro. <laughs> this Russo would love Judge Judy. It's great TV. It's, so, it's fantastic TV. You know, nobody watches it. It's on the middle of the day. They don't even have to write this shit. It's just they get it right from the court. I like it much better than Mills Lane on the people's court. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bro. And that Judy. Oh, wow. Ed, I'm gonna be honest with you. Ed likes the people's court better, bro. But you gotta, you gotta like Judge Judy. She got bird with her there. She doesn't take any shit from anybody, bro. Yeah, he would be a Judge Judy fan. <laughs> he would. We should like just send Russo a letter, just asking Judge Judy or, or people's or, court or people's court. What's better? What do you like? <laughs> be great. I think he's a Judge Judy guy. I think he is too. Anyway, 
Austin then shows up on the ramp sitting on the top of the corporate ladder. Huh? He says that as the new CEO of the WF and Vince's boss, he will come out here and go on the record to accept the challenge. Why didn't he just fire him if he's his boss? Oh, I don't know, because continuity errors. Well, he can't fire the owner. But he says why. he's his boss, so yes, he can. Yeah, I think Austin. I hate it. I think Austin misspoke. This sucks. Vince is really his boss, technically. I hate this. Yeah. Can I just one <laughs> one more time? It's really stupid. It's bad. It's but, it's not great. But you know what? Six million people tuned in to watch this. Exactly. Garbage, so it's 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 only funny because Austin and the McMahons are funny. So it's they like are. This, if this it was is, anyone else, this would die. Literally, the only re- this is just this is just stupid storyline to keep them feuding and, and yes. keep the cash register going. Like, like we're the, well past their feud actually being realistic. No, no, no. Like yeah. it wasn't ninety. None of that matters anymore. <laughs> right. This is this is just another thing to keep it going. This is like another Hanna-Barbera production here, because, you know what I mean? Because here's the thing, is it's still compelling when they're yelling at each other. It's still, it's still fun. It's still funny, right? It's so funny. it's like, So it's like, okay, well, we can just invent dumb shit. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like fucking Lucy level of logic yeah. here. It's like there's a briefcase for an entire company. That's not how things work. Right. Like It's like, okay. I know. You don't just put your ownership papers in it and yeah. then wrestle about and it. Put the deed to the house. Right. In the, in a, in a, and you're going to fight in a wrestling match over it. Like, that's not... Or just play poker and decide. Yeah. yeah. You do the same thing. Anyway, Austin says he was in the office the other day drinking, oops, I mean making decisions, and he came up with another stipulation. If one of the corporate ministry members interferes, Vince and Shane will be DQ'd and Austin wins. Fair enough. Okay. But Vince says he and Shane still own 50% of this. Who owns the other 50%? The CEO, Austin, I don't remember. Linda, Stephanie, can't remember. But anyway, the stipulation they want, no holds barred. It's a ladder match that's built in. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't know. And actually, if you want your question answered, if I recall... Oh, God, you're going to answer it? I, I, if I recall that the, the reason Austin's the CEO has something to do with Vince, Linda, and Stephanie doing Vince? something also. I, I today don't, I'm mad at you, yeah. so you don't own it so today. I'm hiring CEO Austin. <laughs> or, it it's something like oh, that. God. You know what I mean. Judge Judy, bro. Yeah. Anyway, Vince says he doesn't care if the 82nd Airborne comes in, and why not? Because Vince and Shane McMahon said so. Shawn Michaels then unfortunately shows up in shorts because he's the commissioner. <laughs> he's wearing a Spurs shirt. It's really you, yeah. you didn't mention the best fucking part. The shorts? The no, Spurs no, no. shirt? No, Shawn so Michaels hair? All those things. But then also, <laughs> his music hits. He's dancing on oh, a yeah, platform. Yes, the platform. A platform that raises yes. through the fucking Ramp. floor. The, the, like, the stage, it's yeah. It's amazing. And he's just like, like dancing in the shorts and in the shirt. <laughs> you have to admit, it was so ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's so stupid that it's actually amusing because he's just like, the platform from the floor was it's the part. ridiculous. That, like, I literally. He's like, like, or something. I, I fell the fuck over laughing because he was just, he was like so insane. I guarantee like, you that platform is there for Gangrel and the Brew. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, hey, can I use can this? Can I use this? It's, just, it's, just, it's just stupid. It's great. But anyway, doesn't Austin outrank him? Yeah, but he's like a he's like a, a, a crony for Stone Cold. He's an he's arbiter. A, he's, he's, he's like, I'm going to officiate this shit, right? It's like, I'll just be in the middle, right? But can't Austin just make his decision since he's a yeah, CEO? Yeah, but Austin respects his commissioner. So he's going to let his commissioner because he's involved. He's, it's kind of like a conflict of interest for Stone Cold, right? He's going to stay out of this. He's, he's going to let Sean mediate it. Okay, fine. First, though, Sean wants some coffee. And then Real American hits, and the Stooges come out all happily because they're faces, in case you forgot. Right. Patterson with the khaki shorts. Very proud. <laughs> Very like, proud. Doesn't JR mention it, too, or something? Like, I'm wearing shorts. Someone yeah. does. I mean, I wear shorts. 
Pretty this f- is so ridiculous. Like, it's actually, like, sort of funny. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Sean makes a match to decide the stipulation. <laughs> Even though Vince's step is built in. What the fuck? What's the point of his? Like, Vince's stipulation is stupid. It's a ladder match. It's, I know. It's already no holes. Why does he need to say this? I don't know. But anyway, the match to decide is going to be Austin versus whichever member of the corporate ministry that Vince wants to pick. Okay. So Vince is like, okay, The Undertaker. Right, because you can't beat him, right? Clearly, right? Yeah. But Sean's like, yeah, oh, no, sorry. He's already booked. Who is your next choice? Shane then grabs the mic and says, well, Triple H, of course. Yep. Sean makes fun of the Knicks and then says Triple H is also booked tonight, so no. He then says The Undertaker is defending the title against That's Triple H. That's why they're booked. Uh-huh. There you go. By the way, I love the implication that they just went into these shows without any of their main stars booked until they, just, they tell they the do audience. It. They do it all in the first. This is the new policy you see, Joe, under CEO Austin, is we book it in front of the fans. Nobody knows. They all walk into WWF arenas across the country. And they like two matches booked. They, they, and they're they, both mid-carters. Right. That stuff, I don't know, Gorilla Monsoon handled that or something. He is still the president. Yeah, exactly. They call so, the president on commentary. <laughs> so Gorilla Monsoon took care of that shit, right? <laughs> I booked uh, draws versus Duke or someone, I don't know who these people, whatever. Val Venus versus somebody. Anyway, he does all that crap, right? The main eventers come in, they're like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So it's like, well, come to the ring at the beginning of the show. And that's how we'll they tell do you it. there. Yeah. It's like our pre production meeting. Yeah. It all makes sense, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince, yeah, sure it does. Vince has to make his next pick and he happily picks the big boss man. This is good. I was like, excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> Proud of the boss man. He's great. <laughs> That's a great choice. <laughs> so Sean's like, yeah, that's great. But you know what? I'm going to be the special guest referee to make sure there's no interference. And he also, fuck you. <laughs> says Sean. So, so meanwhile, Viscera makes weird faces behind Vince. As we, <laughs> I love that Viscera is there. Yes. As we cut ahead to Sean talking about how the Stooges want to take on Vince and Shane in the tag match. Also, Sean is not drinking a beer like <laughs> when they like clip back to him. No, he's got a beer. And Mr. Cool over here says... See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> what? We'll see ya, and we wouldn't want to be ya. Now hit my music. Anyway, the Stooges danced to Sexy Boy in a legitimately funny moment. Oh my moment. god, this was so stupid. It was like, good, though. Listen, I don't love 99, but this whole segment was so over the top. It was, it was I, good. It was really hard not to laugh. Like, the Stooges dancing to Sexy Boy is just <laughs> amazing. Like, it actually and is. Sean, like... Happily doing it with like them, and Austin kind of just like standing on a ladder, like laughing. That's funny, son. Oh, that's like, funny, like, son. And Vince just all mad yeah. in the middle. It's like amazing. Viscera it's making just faces. Such a scene. It's a scene. Yeah. yeah. So we go to break, and we come back to a triple threat in progress. It's between Ken Shamrock, Test, and Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental Title. Now this is from Raw, by the way. And for those of you losing track, Jeff Jarrett is the Intercontinental Champion here. Not mm-hmm. like it matters. Shamrock with a nice drop kick though on Jarrett, and then teams up with Test to kick Jarrett's ass, which makes sense. They prevent each other, of course, from pinning. So then Shamrock attacks Test. Referee is Timmy White. That doesn't even matter. I didn't <laughs> see the ref in this match. <laughs> I always know the ref. Jarrett's dressed in black jeans and a shirt, by the way. Yeah, he's in like real slap nuts yeah. mode. This was the best Jarrett was at this point in time. I know. Uh, Rush- Ever. I mean, in his whole career. That's it's not a good thing. <laughs> Russian leg sweep by Jarrett, but Test with the clothesline. Crowd is like quiet because Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I know. Even again, best Jarrett work of his life. Possibly. Test is like three months or whatever this was before he left again. Crappy. Uh, yeah. Test still has the short tights on, and Jared's actually dressed like Test would be dressed soon. I like, was very confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. Jared looks like Test, and Test looks like Jared. Yeah. 
It's very odd. It is. It's true. Big body slam by Tassie heads up top. Shamrock crotches him though on the ropes, and we go to a crowd shot because UK. A bunch of middle schoolers. But what was this, by the way? This is, this is all through the show. Is this because they did something naughty that UK yeah, doesn't crowd, like? Yeah, but hurt his balls. Oh. Remember in the UK, the ceiling cam, they've replaced it, I guess, with the crowd right. cam. Right, yeah, I saw this the whole show, and I was trying to remember, because I know we reviewed something like this, and I couldn't figure out what the actual reason was. Yeah, they changed from ceiling cam to crowd cam, I guess, to censor it. For, only if it's the balls, that's the thing? Like, ball-related activity. Okay, I yeah, see. I don't know. Ankle There's a lock. lot of ball-related activity in this show. Quite a bit of ball. Uh, ankle lock on Tess, but Jared with an Irish whip, reversed by Shamrock, DDT by Double J. Tess calls on Jared over the top when suddenly Steve Blackman, who I think is a heel here if you do with Shamrock, he storms out with a kendo no stick. No fucking reason. I don't even know what he has to do with this. Well, he beats down Shamrock, which we don't get to see because the UK, we cut to the crowd. Right. Jared then slides back into the ring and gets the pin, very 1999. And then later on, Shamrock was backstage and he freaked out near the EMTs. We then cut to later on Raw, where Patterson gets low blowed by Vince. 1983 cannon explodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're finally fighting. I'm going to hit you in the ball, Vince. Shamrock then runs out during that and goes after Vince, but Shane attacks Shamrock's leg. Uh, Shane tries to run away. Gets caught in a huge belly-to-belly by Shamrock on Shane. Shamrock then runs off to find Vince while Shane is left with Briscoe and Uncle Pat Patterson, according to JR. That's his name. <laughs> Uncle Pat Patterson. Uncle Pat Patterson. Then Pete Gass and Rodney charge in, <laughs> and then another big guy in a sweater, and the announcers don't know who it is, but that's right. It's the historic debut of Joey oh, Abs. This is the Joey Abs debut, huh? Isn't that nice when you're here to see this. Uh, well, I mean, the stu- the, this team that means Street Posse, solid. Love them. They're good. Comedy trio of 1999. Uh, we then cut to Austin walking backstage to take on the boss man. When the utter <laughs> fuck is happening, they are, they are clipping around. Like, Austin walking to the ring is happening while all this other shit is happening. Correct. Even though that match isn't even ready yet. Correct. I don't, it's so confusing. We then cut back to Superstars where Al Snow is in the ring with head. As the cryon says... Chiron. S- <laughs> the cryon. Chiron. I'm going to call it Cryon. I'm doing it for Steve Rosen anyway. Go uh, ahead. The Cryon says shotgun Saturday night because who cares? Yeah, they don't change they it. They're not even putting the effort in to no, change that. They huh? just use the shotgun Chiron. Cry- yeah. It's already built into the thing. So yeah. we cut to Jeff Jarrett. More Jeff Jarrett in the ring. We cut, though, to him just attacking Al Snow. I don't blame him for not showing his entrance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. We get a We Want Puppies chant because obviously Deborah's there. So did we get to hear Gorilla again? Is that ever happening? Yeah, I hope so. Al Snow's backup sweeps the leg, gets covered for two, shoulder blocked by Snow, gets two. Meanwhile, Cole is puzzled by what Deborah is wearing. It's not even that great. It's just the usual, like, blazer yeah, thing. Like, I don't, so what is wear- she wearing? It's like the Deborah outfit. That- yeah, she's been wearing it for months. She literally has the same outfit in, like, seven different colors, yeah. and it's always the same. <laughs> and they always act like it's the first time they've ever seen it. I don't it. get it. It's, it's She practically has a uniform. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes! It's not that amazing. It's not. Uh, Michael Cole again says Elite Eight when talking about the King of the Ring tournament. I'm really what? tired of hearing that. Elite Eight. Who, Keep saying that. The world champion in it? No. The rock in it? No. Austin's not in it either. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Irish by Jarrett reverse drop told Owl the springboard leg drop over the ropes for two. Jarrett bails out, tries to leave with Deborah. Also, why is Deborah's hair so weird and flat today? She looks like she had trouble with the shower pressure. Did you notice the whole time I keep looking at her hair? I'm like, why does it look like somebody like dumped gak on her head? Like, <laughs> gak. Like, like, like okay. she dumped gak and then she cleaned it out and then it was just like like stuck flat. She, she like, never got it back to normal. It, the, the the structure of it is all fucked up. Like when Vince shaved his head and then his hair grew back weird. Right, yes. <laughs> it's like that. Deborah's got weird hair. I'm sorry. It's weird Deborah hair. So <laughs> Jared heads bothersome. up. Jarrett and Deborah in a weird hair. They head up the ramp, but Double J decides to go back. He pulls Snow out of the ring, tosses him into the barricade, tosses him back up into the ring, 
Up top, flying crossbody, but Al Snow rolls through for two. Jarrett then misses an enziguri, and Al picks him up to an inverted something plex. Zero pop for that, and it was good. Like, fucking 1999, like, they don't care about the wrestling. I didn't. Like, honestly, Did this, you? this whole... I, but no, I want to say this. You don't even care about it anytime no, no, no. you watch it. I don't know if the if it came through in the notes or not. I was actually, like, enjoying this match yeah. as a match. I know, it's like, in the notes. Because it was just so quick. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's the, a good the, wrestling quick, match. Even what you've said so far, there's been, like, moves it's all good. over the place. It's kind of good. It's honestly not bad. Like, for example, Al heads on top yeah. and misses a moonsault. Uh, and nobody cares. No, no like, one cares. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like that moonsault was beautiful, was by the a- way. Like I, I'm just saying, like the wrestling was good. Yeah, but that's not why people watched it on you know. Jarrett with a DDT for two, very dumpy. Yeah, it but it's Jeff Jarrett, of course. Uh, Irish with a beautiful drop kick by Double J gets two. Yeah, it was actually a good move by Jay. It what by Jay? Yeah. Al fights back with the right. Irish with head down. Jarrett with a kick and a clothesline for two. This is actually okay. This crowd is terrible. Well, of course they are. They never cared about the wrestling in '99. Sad. Well. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, side headlock now as Al calls spots like extremely obviously. Aww. Gorilla now talks about, you know, he's good. He's a dad, a second generation. He was great. Absolutely. You know, when you come from that kind of a background, you can't help but be good. Of course, you got to work at it too. Jared crotches himself on the middle rope and uh, Al hits an Irish whip drop down. Big clothes on and Jared. We now talk about the problems within the corporate ministry again as Deborah trips Al Snow coming off the ropes, but he falls right on a double J. Deborah then decides to take head. Uh, Al wants head from Deborah, but Jared with a roll up for two. Al back up, tries again to get head from Deborah. That's a real sentence. No, it's real. He gets they, it. The announcers say it. No, they all say it. Yeah. Then he, he gets it too. He gets, he gets head the from head. Deborah. Okay. Yeah. But- but she takes a jacket off and Al Snow turns away. Jarrett lands on whatever the hell his finisher is called the for the win. slap dick or something. <laughs> I don't know the name. Isn't it like the stroke in the WCW? Stroke. That's what in it's WCW. The, only in WCW. I don't even think it has name. a name. Because Seth, Good. Like I think Cole's like, that's his reverse something or other. I reverse Russian leg sweep. Yeah. I'm surprised Gorilla. Neck breaker. <laughs> yeah, neck bro- Nice neck breaker there. <laughs> and care enough. Uh, nice neck breaker. Anyway, Quinn, like we said, this match is actually really fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's really not bad. We now get a sit down from Road Dog, who says, if you win the king of the ring, you're the king of the ring. That's really insightful. Right. So he wants to be the king for 365 days. Stop hyping this. It's really not relevant. <laughs> it's nice that they're doing it, but yeah. it's it's not working. It's not like Everyone it's, knows it. I know. Anyway, China now with the sit down with Triple H nearby, of course. China in the rare yoga pants. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not actually. used to seeing her not in her usual like short shorts, leather shorts yeah. thing. Well, anyway, she says she can win. Just ask Val Venus. I don't know what that's a reference to. So okay. Okay. now we recap the Austin versus Bossman from Raw because Bossman always in the big stuff in 98, 99. <laughs> Some serious history here from Survivor Series 98, if you recall. Yeah, you're right about that, Quinn. Actually. Remember the big Austin grudge between yeah. Bossman and Austin? That's right. Uh, Austin enters the ring to a huge pop, of course. Cut to the bell now, where Sean is unfortunately in his short shorts. Very distracting. Why does he have to do Is it just to be obnoxious? I think that this was like his 1999 persona. Was this like, the, this just dancing around being a fucking asshole. It's a general like, persona, yes. But you're kind of like, it's more in a humorous manner. So you're like laughing. It's like, ha ha, Vince is trying to do stuff. And Sean's like dancing all over him. Just being annoying. Well, yeah, yesterday. it's like. Well, he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him that. Austin attacks Bossman with the vest still on. Bossman bails out of the ring. You know, Quinn, it's also crazy that Bossman's only literally like 35. He's not even old. He's, not even old. <laughs> he's seems, still in his prime. <laughs> he's only a year older than Austin. It's unbelievable. It's not fair that he he left us so soon, Ray I Trailer. Really, I, it's one of the more annoying, like sad things in wrestling that Bossman died. Him and Tenta. Was yeah. also very young. Yeah, those they still two, had man. so much time left on him. Bigelow, 
Yeah. I don't want to get into it. It's depressing. Uh, yeah. Vince and Shane now wander down holding the corporate ladder, but Austin just attacks boss man, chases them away. He takes the ladder. We get a handheld camera shot to avoid whatever Austin just did to them know. on the ramp. This UK shit is so <laughs> it's annoying. Very constricting. How do you guys watch this? <laughs> like, it's like sometimes I'm confused what the fuck even happened. I think the answer is they don't watch it, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> Austin tosses Bossman back in, comes off the top with a double axe for two. Vince and Shane come back over with the ladder all stupidly as Bossman close. That looked off. really silly, by <laughs> the way. It was totally on purpose. Because Vince still in his yellow coat, <laughs> yeah, like, while he's lifting a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Austin goes over the top. Meanwhile, King and Vince invites uh, Vince and Shane over, and he's like, Hey, Vince, come over here. And JR is really funny. Vince, come on over here. Hey, Vince, come on over here. Shut up. Austin, meanwhile, attacks Bossman's leg around the post, but gets tossed over the top into the crowd. You know, Vince is standing on the ladder just being a fuck. Yeah, just like, he's like, you suck. <laughs> he's like on the top of the ladder. And Shane's also coming. He's like, yeah, look at my dad. Like this. <laughs> Fuck Stone Cold. Like, it's like they're making an absolute scene it's in the good. commentary it's, area. It's, like, it's this is why I like this, this like part of the feud where it's right. like they're building up to this the two of them versus Austin and a ladder match. Bumbling idiots around <laughs> yeah, like, here. It's amazing. They're it really so is. ridiculous. They are. Uh, brawl over to the barricade now as Michaels tells him to get back in the ring. Shane says ladder of success twice, which is more than enough. <laughs> brawl over to the announce table, and now Shane says ladder of success a third time. He just won't shut no, up, huh? He's being a big heel. Yeah. Austin pushes Vince over t- onto the announce table from the ladder, but we cut to a bunch of kids in the crowd. For what this time? I don't even know what they did. Because Vince fell onto the table, which didn't break, which I only know all of this because of JR. And we literally didn't get to see any of it. No, we didn't. Both guys are back in, back elbow by boss man, cut to later in the match where we get a duck under by Austin. Fez press, which is always a big pop for that. Right. Austin's off the ropes, elbow gets two. Now Vince is on commentary instead. His boss man pushes the stunner away, lands a big boot. Sean gives Vince a hard time, so Vince is like, go do your damn job. <laughs> Meanwhile, stunner by Austin, that gets the win, of course. So basically now we have the stipulation, no ministry will be allowed at King of the Ring. It doesn't matter because it's no holds barred anyway in a ladder match. So basically all that was is to add a stipulation. If he didn't win, we wouldn't have added a stipulation. It would have just the same match. fucking thing. Yes. So Vince is all pissy. He grabs the ladder with Shane and like shows it to Austin. Like yeah. literally. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> Only Vince can make that funny. Like, yeah. Look at the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the acolytes and Viscera show up to drag Austin out of there. Meanwhile, uh, boss man out of there. Excuse me. Meanwhile, we cut to later in Raw where the whole corporate ministry is in the hallway attacking the boss man. How much shit happened on this Raw? Like, I'll, what? <laughs> I'll give Vince Russo yeah. a lot of credit. Stuff always happens. There is like whether you like it or not. There is like a shite ton of of storyline advancement in this one episode of Raw. This is. Did like, you notice that? It's like crazy. This like, isn't like Raw now, where it takes like twelve minutes to do everything. Yeah, they were just, moving. It's just man. like right after the bus, man. This happens. They just attack him. So I guess he's not in this anymore. Like what? And then this is like multiple times this has happened already. Like people right. have like switched alliances and oh, yeah. fought each all in one episode. It's like only two hours. I'm not calling all of it good, but at least stuff happened. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? So we go back to break and we come back to highlights now of Triple H versus The Undertaker on Raw. Taker attack from behind. Yeah, that just happened on yeah, this Raw. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> so Taker attack from behind to start, which JR, JR that's a veteran lack move. King. <laughs> Paul Bear is large. I'm talking Heyman sized and in charge. Very loud on this too. I can <laughs> hear him all over the place. Yeah, China, of course, in Triple H's corner. Both guys are heels. No one really cares. Triple H is way out of his league here. Like he's way not, far out of his league. He's not good. Uh, yet. yeah. <laughs> Taker with a bunch of punching since. He, by the way, Undertaker is kind of morphing. 
from Satan Taker into like Reality Taker, yeah. which is like I his, noticed some striking. Yeah, Pure Striker. Pure Striker. That's like his fall '99 yeah. gimmick before yeah. he goes away for a while. Uh, we cut to later on in the match where Triple H busts out the old figure four. <laughs> Paul says, "Never see you in hell." Oh yes, <laughs> it's like all out. Yeah, it's all it's, real. It's, it's all. This is all happening. That's no, real. Taker eventually gets out. Choke slam. China hops in with the chair. Earl tells her to leave, but Taker catches the chair anyway. Boop by Triple H. Undertaker drops the chair. The Rock now runs out in his shirt and Adidas pants and gives Taker a rock bottom, which causes the DQ. We now get a shot of. <laughs> I, this is just. I didn't, I didn't even remember that this. Me neither. What, what you're about to say, folks. I can't believe this yeah. happened. Like, I, I never remember this happening in the, my entire life, and I watched every episode of Raw. It's a giant Brahma bull descending from the ceiling and it's snorting out smoke. <laughs> this, all had, this all happens. So we get a people's elbow by the rock taker, sits up and rock boots him back down and nails it. I love that moment. We cut to later on where the silly Brahma bull thing is in the ring and the ministry is trying to attack the rock. Right. He fights off the best he can, but suddenly the big boss man charges out and helps the rock. See? Uh-huh. Yeah. Rock then decides to throw Paul Bearer onto the Brahma bull symbol and strap him to it. Yes, folks. They crucified Paul Bear on a Brahma bull only in 99. That's right. Like, I can't, I literally don't ever, I don't even have any recollection. I don't remember this at, at all. any of this and happening. I, I watched Raw yeah. in 99. This is so weird. All of it. A smoking Brahma bull. You would think this seems so bold and like so out of fucking nowhere <laughs> that it would be something like, I'll remember that forever. No. Hey, Ed, can you mute Judge Judy, bro? What if we had, you know how Undertaker has a symbol or a cross or whatever? What if we had, what, bro, let me be honest with you. What if we had a Brahma ball, they make it up in creative services, it comes down, it snorts out the smoke, and then we, who could we tie to it, bro? Paul Bearer, because he's fat, bro. This, this right here explains to me the stuff that Vince Russo has talked about in his shoot interviews about how he would just say shit thinking that they wouldn't do Correct. it and then next day somebody would like build some idea he yeah. just thought up on the fly that he never thought would make it past like the budget people yeah. and bro i gotta be honest with you i, I don't i didn't even think they were gonna do it bro yeah i mean bro i, I was just saying things me and ed would just write stuff it was just we like well, don't you think it would be funny <laughs> yeah like, and then like then the next day there'd be a fucking they, they would build a the shit. yeah <laughs> and they brought an actual corvette to be honest with you, I didn't think they would do it. Anyway, Undertaker, <laughs> instead of saving Paul Bear, he just calmly watches from the ramp, like yeah. making faces. Yeah, he doesn't just... even help him. What is that about? I don't like you. Anyway, back to superstars where Draws and Albert are in the ring to take on Edge and Christian. Yeah, five minutes left. Let's start a match because, I don't know, superstars. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, that's the most superstar shit ever. Yep. That's Welcome like back the, to superstars. Sh- the legacy of the show right yep. there. We need I remind you. Gorilla Monsoon is on commentary for an Edge and Christian match. And Puke. And, P- and Prince Albert. Yeah, I know. It's very weird. Anyway, Draws has his hat. Christian still has the white shirt. Yeah, the puffy's still here. The yeah. puffy shirt. He wants to be a he's pirate. Not, he's not, like, cool yet or no, whatever. Definitely not cool. He's just, he's just a brood man. Now, Christian and his brother Christian, because I never <laughs> call them Edge. Remember <laughs> when they're brothers? <laughs> yeah, it's real. They still are. Anyway, they start as Cole talks about the King of the Ring, of course. Draws hammers away. Irish whip, duck under by Christian. Lit fraud by Draws. Drop kick by Christian. Into an arm drag. Arm bar now. Very old school. In a good way. Edge is in now. Double whip. Double hip toss. We go to break. Promo for King of the Ring now. And this is the most dramatic Oh my god. <laughs> they are men of destiny. Gods of war. They pay their taxes on time. Gods among men. Best 
people ever. King of the Ring. Buy it now. <laughs> That's what it on is. On pay-per-view, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you are a piece <laughs> of shit if you don't watch these matches. Heroes whose dauntless achievements defy time to forget them. Back to Superstars and where Christian lands a sunset flip for two. As Cole pretends shit was happening during the break, it probably wasn't. During the break, ladies and gentlemen, they were wrestling. Draws was winning. Yeah, sure they were. Yeah, okay. uh, Draws is back up now with boots and some right hands. Hey, Gorilla, talk more, please. <laughs> I don't really give a shit about that. Yes. <laughs> Who's the guy with the hat? Why does he have a hat? <laughs> anyway, big corner close on corner whip. Charge. Christian gets a boot up. Lands his own clothesline. Still talking about King of the Ring, of course. Both guys are down. Albert in first. Mild tag to edge. Spear on draws. Neck breaker on Albert. He heads up top. Beautiful missile dropkick gets two. And Albert's back up. Sets up a uh, press slam. But Val Venus now wanders out to scoop the leg while Timmy White is distracted outside by Christian and draws. Well, at least that's like it, it, it's back from before, right? Makes sense. It's yep. connected. It's all connected. Edge only gets two, though. Back up and the educator, the edge-o-matic, or whatever the hell his finisher is, gets the win. Well, I mean, they did attack Val. They did deserve Yeah, this. he's just evening the odds yeah, here. It, it's only right. That's right. I like that, like, a superstar storyline happened on this show. Why not? <laughs> I, it's just weird. That's Vince Russo, too. It's like, yeah, we're going to build that, uh, stories into the dark matches that we put on superstars. Have draws, do the thing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we now run down the Elite Eight again. B.A. Billy Gunn versus Shamrock. Okay. Big Show versus Kane. All right. China versus Road Dog. And mm-hmm. by the way, the music under this sucks. I'm going to try to dump it Isn't in. It just, it's, no, it's, it, it's, just, it's poor. I didn't even hear it. It sucks. I just thought it was like generic rock or something. Can, can Shamrock repeat as King of the Ring? And in a battle of the big men, over 800 pounds in the ring at once, the Big Show will take on the big red machine, Kane. Hardcore Holly versus X-Pac. Still here. Yes. How is X-Pac still around? He's always there for years. Plus, of course, The Rock versus The Undertaker for the WWF title. Mm-hmm. And the Vincent Shane versus Austin ladder match. Get it on Sky, damn it. <laughs> and that'll do it. Uh, like we said, Quinn, obviously, 1999, a bizarre animal. It's very weird. Very weird. The crowd cared about everything except the wrestling matches of during course. this period of time. But I'll tell you what, man. When they cared, they cared. They did. You know, I, you know I have to hand it to them as much as... How, this is so chaotic. It's not like good. People to love watch. this. Sh- they're eating yeah. it all up. Yeah. 1999 is a very rare thing that I go back and rewatch. Honestly, yeah. I never casually just throw it on. There's a reason. It's it's all over the place. I will it's say a mess. I will say this when you don't watch 99 yep. like consistently when you go back to it the pace is actually kind of fun. Oh, it's a great pace. Because it's just so boom, boom, boom. Things are moving. Like, uh, stories are actually happening. And, like, there's actually, like, payoff later later in that show. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing I got to hand it to him. Of course, Gorilla Monsoon. That made it even more intriguing. So, it was it was a fun, yeah. weird watch. And I want to do it again for a long time. Yeah. It's the most 1999 shit ever. Yes. I didn't hear enough Gorilla, but crazy he was on commentary this late, right? Isn't that nuts? And like I said before, very fast-paced, chaotic. Um, <laughs> lost track a lot of times of what the fuck was <laughs> yeah. even happening. Yeah. Taking notes on this was... It was hard. was hard and easy because like 73 things would happen and I'd be like, wow. Like I didn't... Usually I'm pausing and stuff. Yeah. But I was just, just writing so continuously yeah. that it's like I got through this show like super quick. That's Russo for you. Yeah. I mean, again, take it or leave it, but that's what it is. And folks, thank you so much for being with us here for episode 219. Obviously, we will be back next week for the finale. That will, of course, include the final flush. One more defense segment, and we'll be reviewing something. Want to remind you, if you have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. You can get your extra content, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. 
and obviously vote for the Royal Rankings if you want to for next season. Do that on Facebook. But thank you guys so much for being with us here. We will see you next week for episode 220. Until that time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. This week, one of the greatest men I've ever known, Robert James Morella, passed away at age 62. He was celebrated and beloved worldwide as legendary superstar, Gorilla Monsoon. To his friends, he was known simply as Gino. Gino had a gorilla-sized passion for life, this business, and more importantly, the people in it. Behind the scenes, He was a cornerstone in the World Wrestling Federation. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his wife Maureen and his entire family. With great sadness and heavy hearts, we say goodbye to Gino, a very special man who lived a very special life.